This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald, the favourite podcast of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Management. <laughs> we, 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 we are uh, a talking point, it seems like, isn't it? Uh, I Hopefully we are. I, I would think we are. We're pretty popular over there. Uh, we have lots of, uh, lots of listeners in the Sweet Obashi area. So, uh, good. Nice, good, good for us, right? A lot of sway talk uh, the past week, which which warmed my heart to no end. Uh, to be honest with you, it was a it was a fun week, and uh, everyone's excited for what's around the corner um, in London. I, I like to imagine Harold May sitting on the, the JR line or whatever. Super J Cast new episode popping up in his uh, podcast catcher, and he's like, "Oh yes," <laughs> rubbing his hands together. He can't wait. He's He's beside himself going to hear our new episodes. Look, I mean, no, it's uh, we 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 help uh, we help keep them on their toes a little bit. That's fine. That's fine. But, and again, I don't think there's there's anything. Here's the thing: it's it's really I got a notebook full of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? That we sit on, um, that we don't talk about. And and here's the thing: this is all really about like <laughs> this really has nothing to do with New Japan. It has everything to do with Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Like, like, we're right? Just that's at- our. He's he's the canary down the mine, isn't he? Because if he opens his big mouth, then then uh, we're not sitting on stuff. If he's right. talking about it, we're we're firing that shit out there. Absolutely right, right. So we we play this game of all right. When can we talk? When can we do this? When we, and then we see we somebody sends. Oh, Dave's talking about blah blah blah. And it's like motherfucker. So uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 the real reason. So uh, you know, talk to. Talk to whoever's fucking leaking shit to Big Dave. That, there's your problem right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, we might even be the same person. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> problem. All right. Anywho, uh, we have a jam-packed show today. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm just waking up. The sun is rising here on the East Coast. And, Joel, uh, we have uh, with New Japan Cup announcements. We have uh, what anniversary show lineups. We got yes. Uh, I, I'm so excited by this because you haven't seen the New Japan Cup nope. brackets yet. So we're going to get Damon's instant, fresh, sizzling hot takes on those brackets. So we'll, we'll go match by match, and then he'll give us our picks. And um, yeah, I I'm, can't wait for that. Now, now, being that you've seen the lineups already, can you? Can I just uh, get? Can I uh, just poke the stick in the mud a little bit? Um, Scale one to ten. How 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 sexy are these lineups? I think we're going to get quite a few Jesus Christs from you. Woo! Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think I I would say three. Wow, three first round. Yeah. Jesus uh-huh. Christ. I'm not saying um, they might not be good. Jesus Christ. You might. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, all right. So we're getting a reaction. Oh, they might. Way. They might be three good ones. I don't. I you know. I don't want to tip my hand, Damon. All right, I'm excited. Okay, I got a notebook here, so I'm going to be uh, writing down so I can uh, give you my picks. 
Um, I guess after, like I said, we'll probably have to wait until one section of the bracket is done, and then I'll see if I can work out some picks there and probably make some changes on the fly. So that'll be fun live here on the podcast. Uh, and then we got, do we get anniversary show uh, lineups? We do. We've got the anniversary show card, so we will be talking about that and also reviewing the uh, big matches from the four consecutive nights at Koraku and Hall that we had last week. I'm going to start you off, Damon, with a very tricky question. Dogman Star or Coming Up? Wow, yes. That is is the question of the the week, hasn't it? Um, That's a good question because they're different albums um, in the sense of Suede's first album, was you know the the most selling debut album at the time, and it was the kickoff of what people would like to call Brit pop, even though they firmly rejected that. Uh, and it was glammy, and it was swaggery, and it was you know loud and fucking boisterous and hip shaky and all that shit. And I love that fucking first album, Joel. Second album is Dogman Start. And they were going through some troubled times in the band suede. Bernard Butler, the guitar player, and Brett Anderson were buttonheads. And Brett was breaking up with uh, Justine from Elastica, losing him to uh, uh, Damon Auburn from Blur. So there was troubled times in suede. So that's a pretty darker, gloomier album, but still it's a fucking amazing album. Uh, and then coming up, they switch gears completely. They get a new guitar player. Joel, new guitar player. The guy is 17 years old. Right? He, was in the, it was in, he was in their fan club and could play every song unbelievably. He was unbel- 17. So a, they hire one of the biggest bands in Britain, hire a 17-year-old to fucking now be in this band. And they do this album coming up, which is so poppy it hurts. But I mean, there's still rock songs, mind you, but they're very poppy. And they're great songs. And one of my favorite songs on there, Lazy, is on there. Um, which one's better? Mm, it, that's a hard one to say. Uh, I think Dogman Star is better. But coming up, I still love. Great suede talk. Unbelievable. I can't believe we're talking suede on this very – did I? would I ever think when, when the ball dropped on 2020 uh, that we would ever be talking suede here? It's it just what a great week it was. All the memes, all the everywhere I saw suede this and suede that, and oh, it just made my heart so uh, so full. We are the super suede cast, Damon. <laughs> I loved it. I love that. And here's the thing too: after all, after all is said and done, and all the jokes and all the talk about a show in London, uh, I'm actually going to suede on. October 24th. So uh, if there is a New Japan Pro Wrestling show on that day at the Copper Box, guess what? Uh, I'm not going to be there. I will legitimately be at, at Alley Pally uh, watching Sweet. So I've never seen them live. Um, and it's one band that uh, I've, again, probably a top five favorite band of mine. So when, when um, the news of that date uh, was was thrown around, I I was uh, you got to be fucking kidding me of all the fucking days they're thinking about that day. So yeah, I will actually be at Sweet. Let's dig into the news then. Uh first up, we have the news that WWE is planning to launch their performance center in Japan sometime mm. this summer. Uh the source of that piece of news, I'm not going to say Damon. It doesn't matter what the source is. 
I'm just going to share the news without attributing it to uh, who got it first. So it's not important. Why, why the fuck would I credit a journalist for their hard work? Anyway, so this performance then, WWE had to talk to Hiroshi Hase and Antonio Noki to get it going, which to me shows that they weren't actually able to buy a promotion, which is apparently what they wanted to do, but all the promotions basically told them to get lost. And from what I hear, it's really hard to do business as an international company in Japan, as it is in other places like China. So they needed help from people like Hase, who I think is an MP in Japan. Uh, Takamichi Noku also looks set to be involved. So the big question people are asking from this podcast, at least, what does this mean for New Japan Pro Wrestling? And you know, people looking at what has happened in the British scene, people are thinking, are they going to start doing the same thing and trying to hoover up all the talent? And what kind of wrestler is likely to sign with an NXT Japan, hypothetically? Because if you look at the Japanese wrestlers who signed with WWE, people like Shinsuke Nakamura, Akira Tozawa, Asuka, uh, Kairi, Io Shirai, those are people who, from my understanding, they wanted to live in America. Like they wanted to make it in the States. They didn't want to uh, join uh, uh, WWE's like D-level brand and stay in the same country. Right. So we're, we're looking at a different ballgame here. And I, I would be scared if I were following a, a smaller promotion, something like All Japan, because there you've got quality wrestlers who are not earning that much money and feel like big fish in a small pond. So as this all shakes out, Damon, we've got a question. Uh, Anders on Twitter says, do you think NXT Japan will affect... NJPW's US expansion plan. So ju- just give me your uh, macro thoughts on this whole situation, please. Well, it's another promotion in, in what would be a very bloated Tokyo area. Right? There's, there's, there's tons of pro wrestling. And as we know very well, that there is a lot of brand loyalty when it comes to fandom in Tokyo specifically. Um. And all over Japan, let's be honest. It's it's troubling in this. It's it's almost the equivalent of the U.S. elections, where you have a gentleman by the name of Michael Bloomberg, who is rich beyond rich, and just has more money to throw at advertising than anything else. Like he bombs in debates. He just has a name. He was the mayor of New York. And he has just billions of dollars to spend to be a face that people can recognize. And I think that is the big challenge, is that what what kind of blank checks is Vince willing to write to make this a success? Because at the end of the day, unfortunately, in many cases, money talks. Now, this environment is a little bit different in the sense that, and we've talked about this before, if you're growing up in the UK, um, I would say, by and large, you you would have a, a poster of Shawn Michaels or John Cena or The Undertaker or somebody like that on your walls if pro wrestling was your thing. And I don't know if that necessarily rings true for uh, a Japanese person in that same age bracket, right? They would, they might have a, a poster of, you know, who knows, you know, Makabe or Nagata or Misawa or whomever or Hanson or, you know, whatever, uh, or, you know, road warriors, whatever. So I don't know if the goals are, are the same, like those kids growing up, I'm going to be in WWE. 
And the other kids might be like, ooh, I want to be in New Japan if, if, or all Japan or whatever. So I don't know if, if, the, if the goals align. I, unfortunately, I think at the end of the day, money talks. And if they, they start handing out big checks, it's going to be hard for people to turn down. So I think it will have an impact uh, initially, um, especially when the checks start getting written. Uh, will it inf- uh, impact New Japan Pro Wrestling? I'm going to say yes in, a, in the sense of if there are people that are disgruntled with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and let's not let's not kid around here. Not everyone can possibly be happy with the position that they're in in any promotion, right? It's not like everybody is fucking doing cartwheels and 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 you know circle jerking where they work. They might be unhappy with the push that they're getting and and think, okay, well, I can make more money uh, here and maybe get a bigger push and be a bigger star. So that's that's the thing. You made up a you you made a good point. Is a lot of the people that were signed by WWE, they did. They want to make they wanted to make a big splash in the states. They the the idea of working Madison Square Garden still had this charm to them. Uh, you know, to be an international star. And and let's make no mistake about it. If you walk on stage in a WWE show you're instantly more famous. Instantly. The minute you walk out on Raw or SmackDown. So that was the appeal. The only thing I, I think of, of of NXT Japan grabbing, Joel, are just people who are not happy with the position that they're in right now and feel that they'll get more money and they'll be in a better position than where they are now. How many people th- is that? A handful, maybe? Um, and let's be truthful, they're probably not guys that are going to be super impactful from a New Japan perspective. I suppose at the very least, if we're looking at the positives here, it would be a sign for New Japan to have a bit of a kick up the backside and try and make sure that they don't have too many disgruntled people on their roster. You know, I'm not saying they've got to put themselves in a position where they're trying to make everyone happy, but they've got to realise that you know, for, for certain wrestlers it's time to shit or get off the potty as you would say in the states so you know if you if you're looking at guys like just uh for example a sanada you gotta pull the trigger on him at some point yep. or the temptation is going to be there for him to go elsewhere so you know this is not me saying that yes i want sanada to be pushed and, and belted up with a heavyweight title but i'm saying it's uh, an extra thing for new japan to be thinking about over the next 12 months yeah yeah, that idea of guys just kind of hanging around without a contract, might, you might have to toss that aside, right? Uh, and, and and show commitment to people that you you feel you need to show commitment to, because yeah, they will very easily slide right on in, and the next thing you know, you know, a third of your roster is getting signed up, and that can happen because history has shown that that has happened, and that's how they operate. So uh, yes. They need to. They may. They may need to change the way that they do business. Um, that might be. That might be the biggest impact. Is th- that New Japan has to recognize who's coming to town, and uh, be pretty diligent in signing up those those loose ends. That kind of again, they're in the mix. They hang around, 
but there's there's nothing locking them down, and unfortunately, you need to lock them down. Damon, let's imagine. Let's fast forward twelve months. Let's say the worst happens. Performance centers up and running. They hoover up all of New Japan's big names: Okada, Naito, Ibushi, Tanahashi. They're all in the performance center, learning how to work the hard camera. It's a disaster for New Japan, and they have to fight everyone in the office. Harold, Michael, all of them, bam, gone. They'd have a lot of vacancies to fill, Damon. And who would they turn to? Ah, I see where you're going here. Well, I would turn to, if I'm Harold, uh, and I know that the heat is on, and I gotta, I gotta find quality people. I would say one of the main places I would look for uh, is a location where uh, top talent might find or might might be found, right? Joel, how about ZipRecruiter.com? Huh? ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter.com? Yeah. ZipRecruiter.com. That is exactly where I would go to. Yeah. You know, hiring, it used to be hard, Joel. And Harold, maybe you should pay attention to this. It used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing uh, interview and review process. Not fun at all. But today... Hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place. To get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. Voices of Wrestling. Wow, we have a new friend. Uh, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. Pretty amazing, right? Now, you can add screening questions to your job listing so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get quality candidates within the first day. Holy Hannah! Now, right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, you guys can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. And get your free. Try it for free right now. ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. Now, one person who's not looking for a job, Damon, is Lance Archer. So, checking out his Instagram, he has posted uh, a little caption there, a picture of him looking all scary in front of a fire. And the caption is, In the darkness, I will ignite the flame and order the black into a blaze. Hashtag everybody dies. Hashtag murderhawk monster. And there was a tweet from All Elite Wrestling with the following quote, Everybody lives. Everybody dies. The exalted one is near. The exalted one arrives. And... Um, Add to this, Damon, the news that Lance Archer is not in the 32-man brackets for the New Japan Cup. Do we take this as a sign that Lance Archer is heading for All Elite Wrestling? I would, uh, I would guess yes. That would be, that would be the easy guess, I think, right? Um, which is a shame in the sense. Well, again, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, we talked about travel. We talked about you know he's not a spring chicken. He's not. Uh, some youngster who uh, has, you know, doesn't have a lot of miles on the body. He's got that surgery, that back. Um, 
time to get a payday, right? Try to make it as easy as possible and, uh, and um, you know, travel and all that stuff. Yeah, I would say Lance, uh, again, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some type of uh, um, agreement where maybe he can work select New Japan dates like like a lot of guys have that work AEW. But, um, yeah, it seems to me like uh, at least for the immediate future, he is AEW bound. And good luck to him. You know, I'm sad I won't see him in New Japan uh, as frequently as we did before, if at all. But this is a guy who has used the hand that he was dealt uh, and the circumstances to absolute perfection. There was a a fair bit of fortune that went his way, you know, with various people missing flights or getting injured, and he was able to make the absolute most of it, put on the tremendous performances in the positions that he's put in, like the New Japan Cup match against Will Ospreay, and getting himself into the G1 and getting that US uh, IWGP US heavyweight title run, putting on some great performances. So I just thought, uh, what a treat it was, an unexpected treat last year to get Lance Archer uh, coming out of nowhere like that, and the fact that he, he was able to utilize that and, and leverage that into what I hope is a great deal for him in AEW and I'll be interested to see what he puts on out there because uh, if he had been signing with WWE I might be looking at this in a different way because the, the history tends to suggest that people who sign there uh, don't get put in spots and, and matches where I get to enjoy the work on the same level as I did their New Japan stuff but I think he could be doing some interesting stuff in AEW if it turns out he's the going to be the leader of the Dark Order I, I think that will make that uh, angle a uh, hundred times more interesting than it was before like you know I'd much rather have someone like Lance Archer in the spot, that spot than Matt Hardy uh, but uh, at the same time has had he done you know had he reached the ceiling in New Japan I think you know there are a lot of people who would say yes could he could he go much higher in New Japan than a IWGP US champion I don't think so I, I don't see the man as a, a future intercontinental title holder let alone IWGP heavyweight title holder. So I feel that he kind of peaked in New Japan and we saw the best of him. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it you'd be hard-pressed to think of him with an intercontinental around his waist. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody would be putting him in the slot for the, the heavyweight championship. So, yeah, I mean, U.S. never... That's kind of the, the uh, tag, you know. I you could see that, but yeah, that's probably that's probably his ceiling in New Japan. Um, it is an amazing story, though. I mean, how the idea of G one in Dallas, and I, I the one thing I, I I will never forget about Lance Archer, and again he coming off of KES and, you know, for whatever reasons, whether it was Davy Boy Smith Jr. or both or what, it just, you know, it either, it either ran its course or they ran their course with New Japan. And, and I'll just never forget the hustle that he had in, especially those Dallas shows. Like, there's just something really pure about the guy Hustling his ass off to sell tickets and and hustle himself, for you know, in front of New Japan to make sure that he's on these shows and he's getting the spotlight and he's doing everything he can to make the most of his moment. 
Um, and again, there is a ceiling, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stop working as hard as you can uh, to make that ceiling the best you can. He did. He's He is the textbook example of making the most of your opportunity. Hopefully he has a nice little payday coming. Uh, and again, TV and, and a nice spot on AEW. I think it's I think it's best for everybody. I, I really do. And I never like to see people leave New Japan. But to me, uh, for him to grow in his career, this is probably the right course. Um, is he on a downward slope of his career? Age, you know, injuries, all that stuff? Probably, right? I mean, if we're being fair. that's And that's not to say he can't still go. Because he can. And I think he's a great big man. Great big man. And I think he's got a presence now that I never saw previous. Look, I think it's a win all around. I think everyone wins in this one. Everyone dies and everyone wins. Um, Now, I will say this. New Japan needs to find that person again. Because I think that is a, a, a role every pro wrestling company should have. That monster. But... um. Yeah, I mean, look, his ceiling was what it was, and he's able to grow. You got to let him go and let him grow. Uh, let him go and let him grow. That's the, that's the that's the theme of the podcast today. Let him go and let him grow. Uh, the last bit of news was a interview with PCO in sescoops.com. Uh, PCO recalled how he was scheduled to make his New Japan debut by competing in the World Tag League, but the plans were scrapped due to Brody King injuring his knee. So, Damon, we were... St- that close to having dream matches and encounters in the ring like PCO versus Manabu Nakanishi, PCO versus Tomaki Honma. <laughs> well, World Tag League is one of those situations where we do showcase some of the world's finest talent. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I know I know the company's very high on Brody King. I mean, I don't think anybody's shocked by that statement. Um, I would think, and again... Who who knows in this volatile world of pro wrestling that with the newfound synergy with uh, New Japan guys working some Ring of Honor shows and uh, even uh, the what I don't even know the NWA show or what I don't even know what show when where is um. Marty wrestling Jay White. Is it on WrestleCon One of those shows. Um, that angle that happened in the Super States. Card of Honor, isn't it? Super Card of Honor, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, we know that's happening. So you would think with the uh, the friendship and the kinship that Marty has with Brody when then trickle down to PCO, possibly. So it's good. Um, look, is he a fit? I mean, could be. Right? I mean, what do you think, Joel? I mean, uh, would 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 that would that tickle your fancy? Is he still the ROA champion? Uh, I I'm going to be honest with you. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Ask Mally to look it up. <laughs> get her. Get her. Uh, Let's have a look. ROH World Championship. Right. God, we should know this, really, shouldn't we? We probably should. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, PCO is still champion. Go. So there we go. It's a prestigious name. ROH Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. You want to bring him in? Uh, no, I'm not interested <laughs> in seeing him in New Japan. I'm sorry, I'm not. I... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. There is a a certain bar that needs to be cleared, right? For me, for for people coming in in terms of in ring quality and that, that ain't yeah, it. If you throw throwing them in in the tag match, tag tournament, sure, why not? But singles competition, nah. Okay. All right. I mean, would you would you mind uh, him in a tag situation uh, with any of the the gentlemen that I mentioned before? Yeah, you know what? When they had that G1 supercard at MSG, I enjoyed the four-way tag match. I thought he and Brody King were good. And okay. it's not as if there's a particularly high bar set in New Japan as far as heavyweight tag team wrestling goes. Whether that changes this year is another question, but would I be dead set against the idea of the, the pair of them coming in for a, a little run? No, I'd, I'd be happy to see that. I'd be happy to see that too. I think both. I think that would be a, a pretty decent tag team situation so uh, to add to the mix so okay all right so we're not completely shitting on the idea all right good okay you got the notebook ready uh notebook is ready yes are we are we, are we, are we digging in yeah we're doing it new japan cup 2020 all right. so we are starting off so this is going to be your top left part of the bracket david okay. we're starting off wednesday march the 4th right. in tokyo korakuen hall and I, you know, I'll skip the undercard matches and go straight to the New Japan Cup matches. Yeah. So fifth match, we have New Japan Cup, first round. So you can... Well, just give me your thoughts on the match. Colt Cabana versus Bad Luck Farley. Woo! <laughs> There's my first Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. We're starting off hot. Um, mm, we... Well, what, so you, 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 maybe you tell me just your, your gut reaction, who you think's winning that one, and then we can once you've got the whole brackets there, right. you can go through it again and tell me your revised thoughts. Well, the good news is is one of the two are, we're getting rid of one of the two, right? So, right out of the gate, so uh, good. Um, I'm going to go Fale. I'm going to go Fale over Colt in round one. Then the next match will be Toruyanu versus Chase Owens. Okay. Uh, back-to-back comedy. Um, I like Chase in this one. Um, I think Chase, I think we'll have a, a little bit of a run so far. Well, that means, okay, if, 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 all right, so I'll, I'll, we'll wait. But yeah, I'll, I'll go Chase Owens here, okay? Not, I'm not, not in love with this so far, Joel. All right. All right, so we, you, you're giving us far late against Chase Owens in the next round. Or, yeah. Or shall I pump the brakes there? No, yeah, we'll I mean that's what it looks like, right? If, if the if the if the brackets line up, and 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 that's their that's their traditional bullet club versus bullet club. I'm not going to try to pin you. You're going to take the fall for me, and then the guy tries to screw him over quick. You know, we we know that song and dance. So, so I think we'll see that in round two. Okay, good. Then we got Togi Makabe against Jeff Cobb. Two right, beef, two beefies. Um... Does Cobb make it the round two? I did say Cobb was my sleep. Remember that he was my sleeper pick. Uh, all right, I'll go Jeff Cobb here. Could be decent that match. I think we don't often see Togi Makabe in singles competition. You know, he wasn't in the G one last year, so he might want to go out there and have a point to prove. Again, it'd be interesting to count the number of bumps there. Uh, just for posterity, I I am going to go for Cabana and Yano to win to meet up in the second round and have. Some kind of bullshit nonsense comedy match together. Okay, our main event for this Korakuen Hall show, we have Tomohiro Ishii versus Toa Hinare. Ooh, main event time. Big, big spot for Hinare there. 
This is a big spot. Main event. He's going to get at least 20 minutes. Oh, no. Well, th- these matches are 20 minutes. So, okay. So. Uh, no no time limit. Oh, no matches. time limit. So, you think they're going to give him a little bit of time then, right? You think 20 minutes is, is fair? Yeah, yeah. You would think so. Main and, event. You know, Hanare's been picking up these wins. He's been getting, building up some momentum. You know, I hate to say it, that's a very WWE-ish thing, but... You do have to wonder, you know, they, they New Japan like to pull a big upset or two in the first round. Yeah. And they got a chance here. Like, one, I think the match is going to be great. Tremendous opportunity for Hinari. He deserves it in front of a hot Coraco and Hall crowd. I'm sure he's going to knock it out of the park in terms of the quality of the match. And there's a lot to be said for him with a losing, a heroic failure, you know, losing valiantly, going, going out on his shield. But could he win? And you know, what a moment that would be for him to beat Ishii in the main event, Korako and Hall. You could make him into a star there. That's a guy who could do the job too. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not far fetched at all. Having Hanare go over, huh? That would mean my second round would look like Hanare Cobb. That's a weird second round for me. And I could see Ishii Cobb a little bit more than I can see Hanare Cobb. I'll tell you what. If there's going to be that of those that bracket, if we're looking for the spoiler, if we're looking for the upset, that's the one you're circling. And again, in a main event, hmm, fuck. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go Ishii, but... I'm circling it because um, it would not shock me to have that happen. And I really want to go Hanare. I want to go Hanare, but I just hate that second round the way it looks. I don't think I don't think Hanare Cobb is what what we're gonna because that I mean, that to me Hanare goes to like the finals of that block. Yeah, that that's the problem with this quarter of the bracket. It's ugly, isn't it? Yeah, we do not have a lot of star power here, so. That's the, the thing that's giving me pause. I really want to say Hinari wins. If I had the book, I'd be tempted to say Hinari wins. You know, then what a perfect way to make him into a guy. You know, he'd be a made man after that. Uh, but I just think you need to keep Ishii in that yeah. quarter of the bracket. Yeah. Because otherwise there's there's no one there. You just, you're left with, you know, Jeff Cobb. Right. D- depending on who you've picked. I've picked Cabana, Yano. It's not sexy, is it? No. It's not, and and here's the thing too. You, you, you're, I don't think that you would. I mean, I don't know what Jeff Cobb's schedule looks like, but Jeff Cobb, you know, has other engagements and other uh, appointments to keep. I'm sure. So, I would think you would want him out of the mix a little bit early. Again, I don't know his schedule, but. It's something to consider. Every other guy, they're sitting at New Japan and, you know, they can do whatever they got to do. Cobb's that wild card in the sense that you don't know what other commitments he has. You got to keep Ishii in the mix, right? I would think so. We've got a question. So. Ash 2.1 on Twitter says, do you think Hinari makes it out of the first round? If so, how far do you think he can go in this year's cup? And it looks like both of us are saying no. I'm going no. I would love it. Fuck, I would love it. And I want it. I just I I just have concerns later on in 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 the block. 
if you look at it on paper, it just, I mean, Fale's in the mix. I mean, everybody shits on Fale, but you can't deny the fact that the guy, when called upon, and especially New Japan Cup time, you know what I mean? It just seems like this is the time when we need Fale to be Fale. I got to keep Ishii in the mix. All right. Then that brings us on to Saturday, March the 7th in Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. So this is your bottom left part of the bracket. Got it. So this is in no particular order. Uh, We got David Finley versus Tangaloa. Tangaloa. All right. Uh, Tag team. There's uh, already a built-in feud uh, there. Mm. David Finley's been eating a lot of belt shots from... Yeah. Is a destiny in the build-up to this. Yeah. Um, depends on where um, Tamatanga is, to be honest with you, because you don't want to have now, that. Now, let me shock you, Damon. Tamatanga, not in the brackets. Oh, really? Yeah, because this is a, a big surprise, because usually, I mean, Tamatonga's been around longer. He's a more experienced wrestler, I believe, and he's the guy who's been putting G1s and stuff in the past. So I'm really surprised that he's not here. I don't know what the reason for it is, but it's a shock. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, there's no no point in having Tangaloa here, right? I mean, I, I think this is a David Finley win, right? And the next match, then, is... I, I'm also picking David Finley. Uh, he's gonna, you'll get his revenge from all those belt shots he's taken. Uh, next match, then. So, David Finley and uh, Tangelo, the winner of that, will face the winner of Juice Robinson versus Alex Coglin. Oh. Well, that might change things up a little bit, then. Um, because then Juice would have to take on Finley. Do you think they would do that? I think they would do that. I think they will do it. Wow. See, I don't think they will. I think they'll purposely keep them separate. So I might go Tangaloa and then... Cause you Juice can't have Tangaloa beating David Finley. Yeah, Come you on. can. After all that Finley's been through this year. Because you're not going to do Finley juice. Why not? I don't, just, I don't think they would. I, I mean, because... You know, two tag team guys having a... Right, let's, you know, get to it with friends in real life. But now we're going to put that aside and see who the better man is and... Yeah, hit each but, other really hard. Yeah, but you can get rid of all that. Not you know, all, you can avoid all that just to have fucking Tangaloa win, and then in the second round you got Juice and Tangaloa, who also has that built-in feud, right? They're all, they're already there with the you know taking the loss to the for the tag straps. You just beat David Finley, and I'll go so far as to say I wouldn't be surprised if David Finley takes another fucking belt shot here, and Juice gets a little revenge in in round two. I wouldn't be surprised I, at that. Yeah. Well, I, I disagree. I think we are going to get Juice versus Finley in the next round. That's my pick. All right. I'm not. I'm going ta- I'm going second round Juice Tangaloa. Absolutely. All right. All right. So then we have Yuji Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki. That should be pretty good, actually. I mean, both I, both those guys. I mean, we know Suzuki can go. And, and the, please don't count Yuji Nagata out of, of all the dads. He's he's the guy that can go. That might be pretty good. Uh, you gotta go. Hmm. Do you gotta go? I think you gotta go, right? You gotta go. You gotta go, Suzuki, right? You would think so. My pick is Suzuki, but I wouldn't be stunned to see Nagata win this one. But my pick is Suzuki. Yeah, I'm picking Suzuki here. Okay. 
And then, in the last part of uh, that quarter of the bracket, we have Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White. Wow! Round one. Whew. Okay. Wow, who the fuck's getting knocked out here, Joel? I'll tell you what. I, I hate to always look for the shock. I think Jay White wins here. So do I. I think that's going to be the chalk upset pick. You know, everyone's going to be picking that one. I think I'm, I, I will be. It just seems like a lot of people are penciled in Jay White for a, a run to the final. And seeing the way that these brackets are shaped up, yeah, I, whether or not it's going to be a clean win, that's another question entirely. But I think Jay White's your winner here. Yeah, and refresh my memory. This is you win the cup. Do you automatically get a challenge? Yes. What show is that? Do you remember? Sakura Genesis. Genesis. Okay. Okada out in the first round, huh? Wow, they're really giving away. Yeah, what a shot! I mean, he won. He won the whole thing last year. So what a story that would be for last year's winner to go out in round one. I can't believe they're giving away that match in round one. Okay, that's fucking cool. I mean, that's going to be that's a pretty fun show, actually. That seventh, what is it? The seventh you said? Yeah, correct. Where's that? That's Corkin too. No, that's in Aichi. Well, they got a good show there. All right, so that's that side of the bracket, right? That that's that's the uh-huh. left side. Okay, now we're going to do right side, right? Right side. Okay, so we have got this uh, Sunday, March the eighth, in Kyogo Baycom Gymnasium, uh, which, to my understanding, is north of Osaka, basically north Osaka. Let's see. What, what are we going to do this? Okay. Um, Let's start off with Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taichi. Which was your first round match in 2018, I believe. Right. So we've got a rematch from that. So Tanahashi won that time. Who have you got this time? Tanahashi versus Taichi. I'm saying Tanahashi. A singles match. I got to go Tanahashi on this, right? I don't know. G- given that he has got his hands full with tag team stuff. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm picking Taichi. I don't, I'm not saying it will be a clean win, but my pick is Taichi. Huh. That'd be something. I got to go Tana on that one, though. All right, what else we got? Okay, they will face the winner of the, the, the next match will be. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kota Ibushi. Fuck. <laughs> that should be great, right? Wow. That shows just two matches in. You're like, holy shit. Okay. Tana, uh, Taichi. So, so this is interesting. These are the two feuding tag teams getting paired off together. So right. you've got the Golden Aces and Dangerous Techers going off together. So you would imagine that the outcome of one is going to spoil the outcome of the other because... Right. You would be unlikely to get Tanahashi versus Ibushi or Zach versus Taichi. It could happen, but I don't think it will. So the fact that I'm picking Taichi to win, go over Tanahashi, I would pick uh, Ibushi to beat Zach. See, I'm I, I, same thought process, but I just went different. So I went Tana and Zach um, for the round. to beat for what like the seventeenth time. Yeah, I know, I know. That is true. That is true. But they're always pretty good. They're always really good. Um, and it's been a, it's been a couple of months. Come on, <laughs> I, I just think Tanahashi looks kind of banged up at the moment, and you know he can have his bullshit match against Taichi and get hit with a microphone stand and iron claw, and 
and all that. Right. I can see that thought process. Trust me, I can see that. And it would and and having it go the other way would not surprise me. And it makes sense. I just I just somehow I struggle with Tana getting a clean well, I'm gonna be clean probably. Mm, no, nah, I'm gonna stick with it. Why not? Tana, I'm I'm going Tana Zach uh for the three hundred and seventy five thousandth time. Okay, then we got Mikey Nichols versus Sonata. Mikey Nichols? <laughs> yeah, remember him? <laughs> <laughs> Dusting that guy off. Wow. Well, good for him. Uh, uh, there's no way Mikey Nichols beats Sonata here, right? No, no chance. Okay, so Sonata moves on. All right. Then we have Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. Woo! Wow. And that's all on the 8th. Yep, that's a fucking pretty big venue. I think it's like it's it's like around four and a half thousand. Okay, so they got tickets to sell. Last year they did Ibushi against Naito, so they are used to having a big match in that spot. But this is ridiculously loaded, isn't it? Yeah, to have Tanahashi singles match, Tanahashi Taichi, Ibushi Zack, Osprey Shingo rematch from last year's Best of the Super Juniors final, runaway match of the year. Wow, that. Show is unbelievable for a first round. I love I love New Japan Cup, dude. I think New Japan Cup is m- m- maybe my it's not my favorite. G one obviously is, but I fucking love New Japan Cup. Single. I, I just love a single elimination tournament. Yeah. Yep. Like, single elimination. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to go all out. Love it. Will Shingo. Holy fuck balls! Wow. All right. All right. So. I mean, that's no. I think everyone's going to be expecting Shingo to get his win back here. Yeah, but do, do we do we see Shingo Sanada in the second round? I don't think it's. I I think there's two ways you go with this. There are two storyline narratives you can pick. One, you can have Sanada going through his Lij teammates, or you can have Osprey going through Lij. And which side do you fall on? Osprey well, just uh, who who do you think is winning this match, Osprey or Shingo? I think Osprey's winning. Me too. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, which fucking sucks because I would look. I'm getting the match, and the match will be amazing. Wouldn't, I, I would have loved to have seen this a little bit deeper, right? L- add a little extra layer of drama. Um, so I wish there was a way that they weren't in the same fucking bracket. <laughs> fucking <laughs> round one. Luck of the draw, David. Oh, is it? Ping pong balls. <laughs> fucking Chris Charlton pulling out fucking ping pong balls. Um, fuck. Uh, yeah, I'm going Will, I guess. Um, Woo! That fucking... I can't get over that show. That's a, that's, a, that's a great job, New Japan. Again, I hate the fact that they're in the same fucking bracket. That's a lot of sexiness in one bracket. That's that's too much sexiness in one fucking bracket. <sighs> All right, we're on, Will. Okay, ready for some more sexiness? It's Monday, March 9th in huh. Kochi. All right. Hiroyoshi Tenzan versus <laughs> Yoshihashi. <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> what? what are they... The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. 
Why would they do that? Why would they do that to both those guys? Oh, what a, what a, wow. All right. Uh, 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 Yoshihashi, right? There's yeah, no. There, it's it's got to be. It has yeah, to be. There's no fucking way they're making that guy work two times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, get him in and get him out. Yeah, Yoshihashi will end that one. All right. Oof. Okay. All right. Next, here's an interesting one. Kenta versus Carl Fredericks. So we've got Ooh. the little LA Dojo feud continuing here. Right. That that might be good. I, I think mean, it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, Carl Fredericks, he's there to, to take some shit. He's going to take some shit. But those fire up moments where he uh, gets everybody you know, thinking he's going to squeak away a win. Young Lion over Kenta. All right. I'm going to throw this out. And maybe it's early. You know, I haven't really had my breakfast no, you yet. Are, no, surely not. I haven't. I have, you know, I'm a little sleepy, so I'm not, I'm not, I might not have all my faculties together. What do you think? Carl Fredericks pulls off the upset and beats Kenta here. When has that ever happened? When have a young lion beaten an established guy in a tournament? Okay. We got a guy who I think we can safely say is pulling ahead of the pack when it comes to young lions, right? Would you do it? Nah, I, nah, I cannot see it. Right. And then wait, <laughs> and then he goes to lose to Yoshihashi in the next right, round. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Kenta's Kenta's winning here, unfortunately. But but keep, look out for those hope spots. Those uh, those near falls. Uh, all that stuff is going to be uh, it's going to be fun. But yeah, I think uh, I think Carl's going to going to take a pound in here. Um, fiery baby, fiery baby face shit. But yeah, Kenta uh, goes on. Then we have Satoshi Kojima versus Evil. Oh, to uh, and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but with uh, a shocking pinfall last week um, helps help support that narrative. I think Evil goes on, though. I think Evil gets his win back here. Uh, yeah, agree. And then the last match of the first round, we have Hiroki Goto against Yujiro Takahashi. There's no fucking way you throw this match, right? Nah. Right, I think so- he's like fourteen and one. Uh, he's like one, only one win against Goto. Yeah, yeah, so that ain't happened. So then, uh, once again, it's Evil Goto. Uh, will 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 Evil get his get a win over Goto? Is the story there, right? That is a big question. Well, look, well, before we go to our second round picks, Damon, just give me your overall thoughts on this first round pants up or pants down oh pants down pants down there, there's there's plenty there's look that that first night you're 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 going all in on Ishii Hinare everything else eh, let's struggle we'll say struggle a lot of comedy I'm sure um Cobb Makabe might be pretty good but yeah you're you're putting all hopes on a successful night at Cork and on Ishii and Hanari, which I think will be great. Um, then you're following that up with 
Suzuki Nagata, which should be really good. And Okada J. White. I can't believe we're going there first round New Japan Cup. But yep, okay. But that should be really good as well. That fucking eighth show, Joel. That is a sexy fucking lineup. Tana Taichi, Abushi Zack. All right, Nicholas Sonata. Will Shingo. You need a you need a palate cleanser with uh, Nichols and Sonata. <laughs> you know, it's like a it's like a, a sherbet, a sorbet. Will Shingo, that night is fucking delicious. And then Tenzan Hashi, Yoshihashi, Fredericks, Kenta. I'm into Kojima. Evil. That should be pretty good actually. And Goto and Takahashi. Okay, I mean I'm put. We're putting everything on. Fredericks, Kenta, and Kojima and Evil for, for sexiness. That's not bad, dude. I, 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 I'm I digging New Japan Cup. Absolutely. You're right. There is a lot of sexiness there. A lot of good stuff to get aroused by. But let's say it's not doing it for me, Damon. Oh, I'm seeing all this sexy stuff. Right. And my, my pants are down and I'm, I'm looking down there, but nothing's happening. <laughs> oh, boy. That's true. Help me out here. The wet noodle, right? Everything's uh-huh. everything's in line, but yet, uh, as as uh, Liam would sing, uh, when it comes up soft, you got to make it happen, right? <laughs> well, well, listen. First of all, what what it happens a, to the best of us? It happens to the best of us, and um, the, the the biggest challenge I would say, Joel, is in, especially here in the United States. I mean, let me let me throw something by. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, right? People in the U.S. We, we hear about all the you know the healthcare issues, and it's a big talking point. Give me give me a, a, a how how long on average? How many days on average would you say in America, an average American has to wait to see a doctor? Oh, I have absolutely no idea. If I just just throw a random number out there. I've got no knowledge of the U.S. healthcare system. Let's say twenty-nine days. <laughs> well, well, that's. I, I think you should play the lottery. Yes, twenty-nine days. Americans have to wait around twenty-nine days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities, of course. Now, if you're dealing with a condition like what you described, erectile dysfunction, you want that treatment ASAP. Again, when it comes up soft got to make it happen. Well, that's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform. It can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. That's pretty good, right? Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or your computer, complete a free online visit, free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. That's pretty cool. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. Free, discreet packaging. That's what you're looking for, right? You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or you want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel at any time. So, guys, if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash V-O-W. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N 
GetRoman.com slash V-O-W, Voices of Wrestling, for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Listen, we we know when that happens, you know, it's not a good thing, right? We want we need the power. We need the stamina. When it comes up soft, you gotta make it happen. Now, that's getroman.com slash VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Take care of that wet noodle, our good friends at Roman. Roman, thank you so much. GetRoman.com slash V-O-W. Let's go on to our second round picks then. So I have uh, Jeff Cobb against Ishii, and I'm picking Ishii for that. Uh, I'm talking about dick pills, man. Let's <laughs> uh, see here. Well, uh, sure, surely, if, if that doesn't work, nothing better to get you in the mood than two big, sweaty, beefy boys slapping against each other. Yes. All right, so you're picking who now? I'm sorry. My second round match is Cobb versus Ishii. I'm picking Ishii to win. I am as well. Yep, I have Cobb, Ishii in my bracket, um, penciled in. Yep, and I'm going Ishii as well. All right? We're on the same page there. And my other match on that part of the bracket is Toru Yano against Cole Cabana. The silly tag team partners meeting each other and doing their ha-has match, and I'm having Yano winning that one. Okay, I, I went the other way. I went uh, the Bullet Club, uh, you're going to lie down to me, and I'm moving on, and Chase tries to fuck him over, but then at the end they all hug and kiss and make up. So I'm going uh, Owens over Yano, and I'm going Fale over Colt with... Uh, <sighs> well, we're not giving out winners yet, are we? Yeah, go ahead. Why not? With Fale moving on. So that final in that bracket, I have uh, Ishii going against Fale. And who's winning? Tomohiro Thomas Ishii. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll go Ishii against Yano because they had a really good match in the G1. And I think they could stretch that out and make that entertaining. And I have also Ishii winning to go through to the semifinal. There you go. All right. So Ishii looking good in our brackets. All right, and then in the next part, I have Jay White against Minoru Suzuki. Uh, and they had a, a good match in the G1 a couple of years ago. So I expect more of the same. Suzuki slapping around Jay White like he did back then, like he did when he was a young boy, but Jay White pulling out the win. I exactly looks exactly the same. I have White over Okada. I have Suzuki over Nagata. And then, uh, yep, I have Jay White uh, moving on against Suzuki as well. So there you go. Then I've got Juice against Finley, and I'm getting Finley picking up the upset win here. Maybe he just catches out Juice, you know, rolls him up or something. A nice little tight inside cradle, and uh, David Finley going through to the next round. Wow, look at that. Uh, I have Juice beating Tonga Loa, getting a little revenge for all the shenanigans that have been cost. Finn Juice, uh, and, and again, the loss of uh, Finley in the first round. So Juice, Tongaloa, with Juice moving on. So uh, that bracket's final will have Jay White versus Juice Robinson. I've got Jay White against Finley. Uh, you might remember their heated rivalry in the dojo. And they had a really good US title match a couple of years ago. And I'm picking Jay White to win here. I think Finley will put in a tremendous effort and come really, really close, but he'll ultimately fall short. So Jay White to face Ishii in the semifinals. That's exactly what I have. We have we have a little different path to get there, 
But yes, my finals, you will see Ishii versus Jay White. Semi-finals. Yes. And then I have Jay White being Ishii in the semi-final to go through to the final. Uh, that's exactly what I have. So White, the left bracket, left side, uh, I have Jay White uh, making it to the final. Yes. Okay, so right side, I have Taichi versus Ibushi. And I, um, oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I, mm. I'm so tempted to pick Taichi here. Ooh, yeah. Fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm changing my pick. Wow. Taichi to get the big upset win over Ibushi. Wowzers. All right. Well, I went, uh, again, we, we have the same thought process, just a different way to get there. I have Tana uh, against Zach, and I have Zach pulling out the victory here uh, to take care of these four. So Zach makes it through. Then I've got Sanada against Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay to beat his second member, his second uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón heavyweight to set up a Taichi versus Osprey quarterfinal. Uh, I have Will making it through, again, beating Sonata. So we'll see once again Zach versus Will for the third time, uh, which is not a thing that New Japan shies away from, that's for sure. Um, speaking of which, just to, to switch gears a smidge, did you watch the Rev Pro uh, Zach and um, Will match? British I did. I, I talked about it last week, and I gave yeah. my thoughts. I really liked it. I thought it was a tremendous uh, culmination of the little feud they're having and built really nicely from some of the spots that they had at their match at New Beginning. I think I like the New Beginning one a little bit more, yeah. but um, both of them were, were tremendous. What did you think of it? I watched it. Um can I just? I, I like the match, uh, but I, can I can I just say that Refro's horrible. Oh, <laughs> for the fuck's audio. sake! Yeah. Uh, like the audio, the camera. Yeah, you know, the, the camera was worse. Like the audio is is loud. It, like it's really hot. But um, okay, that camera work. I mean, I, nothing is in the frame. Like like um, that just it those. Just buy three fucking tripods, please. Just buy three tripods. Uh, the idea of watching these these guys around ringside with these handheld cameras, and one of them, I swear to God, the, the shot was you could see across the other side of the of, of the ring. The dude is shooting the the camera, and he's resting it on the bottom ring rope. And I'm like, no wonder the fucking camera's shaking. Like, I swear to God, I was enraged. It, it was like Henry Fonda was fucking on camera, shaking all about. <laughs> Just terrible. I hated it. I couldn't watch it. It was, it was, it was, cr- I, it just, I, uh, buy, buy two tripods, please. And keep, I would have no problem with just one stationary cam. I, it's impossible yes, to watch. A hard cam is not a bad thing. No, it's not. Like, get rid of that ringside, those two ringside, and the cutaways. Joel, there was nothing in the frame. I, I, and it really, it, it enraged me. Like if I'm Zach or Will, and I see that, I would be like, "What the fuck is this? How can that?" Oh, and here's the thing: it's not like I'm the first person to say this. Everybody complains about it. There's not, there wasn't a person in our Discord that's like, "Yeah, that's you know, that's a, that's rep pro for you." I, I don't, and it's. Like I feel like I could shoot that better on my iPhone and give me one of those, you know, handheld stabilizer things. 
Like I, like a hand tripod thing. I uh, ridiculous. In the, in this day and age, in this fucking day and age, we can't stabilize a goddamn camera. Oh, I couldn't watch it. It was it was difficult to watch. I wish watch please people, wrestling promoters, uh, and content creators. For the love of God, will you please just watch New Japan Pro Wrestling? That that's how pro wrestling should be shot. Not uh cutting it, getting inside the ring, get, making you feel like you're. In. I don't want that. Uh, here's the thing: I want it, but don't sacrifice the fucking match quality while you're shaking all about. Oh, god damn it! God damn it! Let's move on. Andy Q follows us. Hopefully he's listening to this. And if you're listening, sort it out, mate. <laughs> uh, did you catch El Fantasma against Michael Oku? No! I I, I barely watched um, Zach and, and, and Will. Because I couldn't... Uh, look, I'm old. But, but no one enjoys that. And I just can't sit through it, Joel. It drives me bananas when I can't... Like, again... I'm missing shit because the shot is not even in the frame. It's unbelievable. No, no, I, I, I watched. I barely got through that match, and it was a struggle because the match was great, and it was frustrating the fuck out of me trying to watch it. So I had to. I, I no, I, everything else was turned off. All right, back to our brackets then. So that means I have Tai Chi versus Will Osprey. And I got Will Ospreay winning that quarterfinal to go to the semis. Uh, I have Zach and Will again, and I do have Will uh, moving on to those semifinals. All right, and then I have Yoshihashi versus Kenta, so a rematch. They had a, a match last year for the Never Title, I think that was in the states, and Kenta's winning again. I have Carl. F- no, <laughs> I wish I did. That'd be awesome. Uh, I do have Kenta, and I do have Yoshihashi, and I do have Kenta moving on. All right, then I have uh, Evil against Hiroki Goto, and I have Evil winning this one. Mm. You know what? I went Goto, because um, that'll give me Kenta Goto again, right? I mean, I think that's uh, something that not necessarily that we were all look- looking for, but. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Goto gets a little revenge. You think, possibly, maybe. Uh, but I've I've Goto Kenta um, wrapping up that that uh, bracket. See, I just think these kind of single elimination tournaments are ideal for people like you know, Ishii or uh, Fiddly Taichi Evil to go on little runs because um, it's a single elimination tournament and. Uh, you, you don't want to burn big money matches, so uh, well, that's you know part of my thinking behind it. Well, I say that, and look what we got in the first round. Right. So then I got Kenta versus Evil in the quarterfinal, and I've got Evil winning that. So I've got Evil going on to face Will Osprey in the semifinal. Um, I have uh, what do I have? I have Kenta going on, so I have Kenta Will, um, in that uh bracket final. Yeah, I nearly went that direction because I thought Kenta against Will was really, really good in the G1 and I thought that would be a tremendous semi-final. But I want this storyline of Will Ospreay going through all the LIJ heavyweights on his way to Naito. 
So that's why my semi-final is Osprey against Evil, and I got Will Osprey winning to face Jay White in the final. Again, we we got there different routes. I like I like your thinking though, and I and truth be told, I, all I got to do is switch up Goto Evil, give Evil his win finally, and then we can plant kind of play to that tune, which I like. Which in the end is Will trying to get a dance with with Naito for a heavyweight title. Yeah, and they built that up in the Korakuen shows, didn't they? There was a little mm. back and forth between Osprey and Naito, and right. Osprey trying to talk Japanese and Naito talking in Spanish, saying he doesn't understand. And there was just just a, a spark there that made me think Sakura Genesis. Mm. Joel, I think you're onto something. I think you, I think you unlocked the puzzle. I'm changing it up. You have made me. You have convinced me to change up my bracket. Evil will defeat Hiroki Goto. Evil will beat Hiroki Goto. Get his win, and then it's on to Kenta. Um, I'll go evil there too. What the fuck? Why not? Go through it. And then, yeah, I I had Will and White in the finals, uh, regardless. But yeah, we'll, ha- we'll just change up a little bit how we get there, and we'll and we'll kind of play to that tune of of Will getting through Los Ingobernables to uh, point a finger and challenge for a title. So White and Will in the finals, and then I guess we let the yep. cat out of the bag, right? Yeah, so that's a rematch from last year's anniversary show, which I thought was a fantastic match. It was just sort of touching my top 10. So run that back in the final. And you know, some might say it's too early for Osprey, but why not? You know, that's what I, I'm just trying to think what is the function of this New Japan Cup? Because last year was different, because last year you needed a credible challenger for Madison Square Garden. But prior to that, your New Japan Cup is presumably to elevate someone mm-hmm. and you can have uh, that title challenge at Sacra Genesis and it doesn't have to be like a tippy toppy match where you think that the the heavyweight champion is in jeopardy I mean you, you look at the blueprint for t- 2018 with Zack Sabre Jr so Zack he went through Naito uh, Sanada Ibushi Tanahashi clean wins over all of them he, he didn't beat Okada at Sacra Genesis but he was still made into a star so you know, a lot of people are looking at this New Japan Cup and thinking we're going to get a final of Jay White versus Sanada, which we might well do. You know, we, we could have the story of Sanada going through his LAJ teammates. You know, he beats, uh, he would beat what, Shingo and then he could be evil and then goes on to face Naito. Could happen. But then are you going to have Sanada win the heavyweight title from Naito? Right. No, absolutely not. Then you got Sanada losing four heavyweight title matches in a row and he's in exactly the same spot that he was in before. So to me, having Sanada win the New Japan Cup doesn't serve a purpose. It just it, it doesn't elevate him because he's already in that spot. He's already a sort of upper mid-carder who's not ready to win the heavyweight title. So to me, I don't know why you would serve up more disappointment for Sanada. Yeah, he can get his big moment winning the cup, but then if he loses the heavyweight title, then... He, he becomes Chief J Strongbow. Right. So, 
uh, 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 the other side, Jay White, I don't think you're doing Jay White Naito again. So to me, that's why I'm picking Will Ospreay to win the New Japan Cup and go on to face Naito. It's a fresh match. It's a sexy match. And it's uh, a scenario that elevates Will. It shows, yes, this guy is a serious heavyweight contender. Not ready for the big one, but he is knocking on the door. Yeah, I agree with every one of your points. Um, Sonata is is a an unbelievable piece to have in your promotion of being a guy that okay maybe he's not the top guy but there is that sliver that where people could see it happening right if they heat him up um he's also a guy that again let, let's you know the talk is always how popular and how you know how he does connect with that Japanese fan base, um, and to use that to your advantage. To again, I feel like he's never going to be a top guy. Um, I I strongly doubt we'll ever see even an intercontinental title on him. But if there's that aura still left in him, if there's that feeling around him that he can, uh, you know, people still believe he could be. To have him elevate Will in this position and help boost a a main event that again is sexy and is fresh, uh, and you need something like that to help sell a building, I think that's the best way to go. Um, you also made mention though, there are a few different paths this New Japan Cup could take. Like we just picked this one. Because we kind of think that this is this is a good idea and the path that it goes. But you could easily say, okay, this is Sonata's path to redemption, or you could easily say, you know, there's there's different ways people are going to go. I really don't think the general consensus is going to be Jay White, Will Osprey. I think there's plenty of other ways this tournament can go that would make perfect sense and would be pretty fucking cool too. Um, I just just the idea. The very popular idea of a Jay White Sadada rematch in the final terrifies me. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that they can't possibly do that. Do you, I mean, let's put it this way you got to make, you got to pick one or the other. You can't put that match in a big spot, hoping to, to get a, a, a big gate, and quite honestly, gather any type of fan interest. Like seriously, right. you, you're looking at like the G1 final last year, where you had that incredible, very strong black and white dynamics between the bad guy Jay White, the good guy Ibushi. But Sanada is just not on Ibushi's level in terms of charisma or in in ring work. And if they try and follow that blueprint, I'm scared that it won't work. It won't work because because it, it didn't before, and it hasn't. You know, there's there's nothing to indicate that it would. Like those two in the ring together are just not a good mix, and and, and there is the caveat as well that that it's Sanada's hometown of Niigata, so uh, that's the the semi final and the final, both in his hometown. So yeah, I do understand the argument. That, I mean, yeah, have Sanada in the final. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I hear you. I, again, the, there's something to be said. I'm looking at hometown guy just... in that final match. Fan interest like and buzz and and interest going into a show like that. <sighs> uh, you, you, t- 
to me, the, the, there is a clear path if that's your end goal. Jay White and Sonata in the same ring, again, doing the same shit they did before, this time in an even bigger spotlight, it might feel like, is just not something that even remotely interests me. I can't imagine there being a, a fan base that would be like, yeah, give me that shit again. Um, I don't know. I like the idea of fresh, new, on paper, a sexy um, uh, match. If, if they win it, let's let's put it this way. My interest, and again, who the fuck am I? But my interest in that match, in that final, would drop considerably, massively, between you know White and Will and uh, White and Sonata. I mean, I think they're too. It's night and day. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate there's a disconnect between us as Western fans and then the Japanese fans who seem to love Sanada. And again, as I mentioned about those last two shows being in Sanada's hometown, that they might view that very differently. But you know, if you're asking me, do I want, w- would I book Jay White against Osprey or Jay White against Sanada? It's, it's a no-brainer for me, at least, to, down to my personal tastes. Yeah, and I'll say this, one of the... Uh, you know, whatever, get their year-end show Ring of Honor does at Hammerstein. Um, and again, Jay White is a different person, mind you. But Jay White, Will Ospreay, was awesome on that Ring of Honor, you know, December major show that they always do. Sitting in the fucking front row for that one, man. Um, that was, I I enjoyed the fuck out of that. So if, if they can find a way to squeeze that out. Again, Jay White is a different guy. If they can find a way to squeeze that out, if they, let's put it this way: if that matches any indicator of a match that we can get at a New Japan Cup final, that's that's pretty good for me. I'll take that any day of the week over Jay White and Sonata fucking going through the motions for 15, 20 minutes. Thunderbeard one hundred on Twitter says: after Shota Umino's match in last year's Cup, do you think more young lions could be given big matches in the New Japan Cup as a way to elevate them, or was Shota just a case of right guy, right time? So we got two young lions in this one. We got Carl Fredericks, which is to me is a no brainer, and Alex Coglin. But notable by his absence, I think is Yotosuji, who has been with the company longer than Coglin and Fredericks, but has been snubbed for this New Japan Cup. It's all LA, up? yeah. It's all LA guys, right? Every young line. There's no, there's no, you know, new. Ju- I mean, I, I figure Yuya Uemura has been positioned as a junior. He's taken uh, part in the junior tag tournament, mm-hmm. but I think Suji is notable by his absence here. Yeah, yeah. I, and again, I do think it's odd that it's it is all LA guys um, that are in this. Um, maybe it's just their year. Maybe shoulder shrug. Um. Yeah, I mean, I probably. I here's the thing. I would rather see a young lion replacing a couple guys. To be truthful, you know what I mean. Like, if you had your choice, would you want Mikey Nichols in there? Right. Look, I I I would take Yotosuji over Tenzan for a start. Right. I I would take him over Mikey Nichols just because I've got. I find him more interesting. Uh, oh, no, Honma as well. Yujiro? I like Yujiro, and I think he's an underrated wrestler. I think he's a guy, when he gets that tap on the shoulder, he can put on a really good match. I'm thinking 
of the New Japan Cup match he had with Juice Robinson a couple of years ago, which impressed a lot of people, and I really enjoyed. So uh, I would not pick Suji over Yudro. Well, I mean, there's a couple spots Suji could have could easily slide in. Yeah, that's. I mean, if you're looking, if we're nitpicky, and you know, looking for holes in this lineup, maybe that might be it. But overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, because here's the thing: those guys are going to those guys are are lying down anyway. You know what I mean? So make it a young lion, make it competitive. You know, have the have him you know fight for everything he's got to get, lose in the end. I mean, you know, the guy that he's wrestling is moving on anyway. I I, I might prefer that, but. Okay, I, I see where we're going. All right, well, let's look at the anniversary event. That's Tuesday, March the 3rd in Tokyo, the Ota City General Gymnasium. First match, we got Tomoaki Honma and Togi Makabe versus Yuya Uemura and Yota Suji. Second match, we got Gabriel Kidd, Tiger Mask and Yuji Nagata versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru, El Desperado and Minoru Suzuki. Uh, so, well, yeah, let's just talk about these matches briefly because we... Yeah, this is the last show we're going to do before that. We're not going to record again next Tuesday. So, uh, first match, Homer Makabe versus Wemmer and Suji. <laughs> I would love if the Young Lions win. They're not going to. Makabe's going to be doing a King Kong knee drop on Yuya and pinning him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the function of this is to heat up Makabe for his <laughs> New Japan Cup match against <laughs> Jeff Cobb. I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm right, just reaching here. Yeah, all right. Let's listen. We're, we we do a show. We're trying to uh, we're trying to, to build some interest here. I get it. All right. What's next? <laughs> uh, then we got Gabriel Kid. Yeah, Gabriel Kid Tiger Mask Nagata against Kanemaru Desperado Suzuki. So the focal point here is obviously Nagata and Suzuki having a little preview right. for their New Japan Cup first round match. Um, and again, I'm interested to see the interactions between Kid and Suzuki because that's something that's been teased uh, long term actually they've had interactions in the UK as well so that will be something to keep an eye as well but I guess all eyes are going to be on Nagata and Suzuki here yeah I mean that's uh, you know they do that well in the sense of everything has a purpose and you know we got to heat up some guys for for the cup make these matches a little bit more interesting so yeah no biggie I mean it, it, it is what it is under card tags we, we've seen a million of them no big deal Third match, we got Hinare, Finley, Juice, Kojima, and Tenzan against Eagles, Yoshihashi, Yano, Ishii, and Goto. So, again, we've got guys uh, pairing off. So, we've got Hinare and Ishii on opposite sides. We have got... Uh, who else we got? Tenzan. Uh, oh, I've forgotten who he's facing who in the, what, in the New Japan Cup now. Uh, uh, Tenzan's got so, uh, Yoshihashi. Ten- Yoshihashi, uh-huh. And, yeah, that's, that's it. Cause, yep. Yep. Yep, ten man tag match. Yep, <laughs> all your favourites. Uh, fourth match: yeah. <laughs> Yusuke Taguchi, uh, Kota Ibushi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Doki Taichi and Zack Saber Junior. So again, we got Ibushi yeah. and Zack facing off, and Tanahashi Taichi facing off. I mean, this whole show is just basically preview encounters for the New Japan Cup. Um, well, are they all match, tags? Uh, yep. Fifth match. What? Wait, 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 wait. Time out. What? what? They're all tags. Well, apart from the main event. There's only it's one singles match. match. Uh-huh. Fifth match, we've got ah! Shoyo Osprey Okada against Bushi Sanada Evil Shingo. So again, we've got Osprey Shingo facing off. And yeah, I guess that's it as far as those fellas go. And then main event is Naito against Hiromu. That's the show? It's pretty weak, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, I was expecting we might get the tag title match here, but I mean, usually there's a bit, you know, you know, some minor undercard title matches to bolster that main event. I mean, I think the main event is tremendous. Like, yeah, Naito Hiromu, I can't wait. But very definition of a one match show. Yeah, I mean, these are these are you know. These are multi-man tags that seems like we've seen, you know, any combination of a million times. And I again, I know we're heating up New Japan Cup, blah, 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 blah. Wow. I mean, by, by comparison, last year's anniversary show, yeah. on the undercard, we had a junior tag team match. We got Rapongi 3K against uh, Bushin Shingo, which I remember being really good. Uh, we also had that amazing junior match between Ishimori and Liger. Right. Right, that's where Liger he loses, and you know he goes to the press conference the day after. Wow, that is that is that is the definition of a one man show or you know one match show. I mean, here's the thing: those matches will be good, but not. I mean, you know, the gentlemen's three is what they call it. Uh, you know, let's be honest. And none of them are no, no special steps. These aren't elimination nope. tags. These are just straight. Nope. Wow. Yeah. This is very much something that I've got on the window in half my screen. The other half of the screen, I'm playing The Binding of Isaac on Steam. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look, this this sounds to me like a show where people are just going to pop in for that main event. Unless something, you know, an angle happens or something spectacular happens in these matches. And again, the, the, the possibility, the likelihood is low. You would think something else is in the works because they're just going to trot out that show. People are just going to people are just going to parachute in for that main event, right? That is going to like if there are stats to see how many people just you know fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Yep, main event time. All right, you know there's going to be a lot of that. I think a lot of people just parachuting in for that main event. That's not a good card. That's really not. Not not a not. I mean, let me tell you something. They have that show, and 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 if it's like a like a fifty degree day and the sun's out, I'm fucking watching that main event and out. <laughs> I'm telling you flat out. And I do a fucking new. I do the New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and I'm out. <laughs> I'm uh, main event. Joe, is there anything that's sexy for you there? No, I like I said, I'm going to be half watching it. Main event, man, I'm pants down for that one. I can't yeah. wait. Other cards, don't care. It's weak. It's not worth my time. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one to swallow. All right. Well, listen, we got the New Japan Cup to look forward to, so that we got a lot of sexiness there. So that's good stuff. Well, let's talk about the main event. Uh, Bash on Twitter says, "How do you think Naito and Hiromu will be?" Um, I have really enjoyed their interactions on those Korakuen shows. They had that little flurry at the end of one of their matches where they didn't they didn't quite touch each other. You know, they were sort of throwing larrets at each other and dodging and just there was a real uh, very nice nice chemistry between them. And, you know, this is a match that people have wanted for a long time but thought is pretty much off the table given their faction affiliations. Uh, but I'm really excited for this one. Oh, I mean, I think everybody is. I don't think there's a person out there that's hand-waving this one. Um... Here's what's exciting. Not only are we excited, you know, and and fans of the product, and like those two are excited for it, right? So you know that, you know, they've got some special shit 
in, in their minds of what they want to do and how they want to lay out this match and and things that they want to accomplish, right? They're excited for it. Um, no, I think it'll be great. I mean, I don't I don't think we we walk out of here with a with a finish other than Hiromo looking at the lights, but. Uh, they're going to get plenty of time. It's going to be creative. It's going to be fun. I think there'll be plenty of shit to, to have you jump out of your seat. Plenty of death-defying car crash bullshit. Um, no, I think... And, I mean, I hate to put the pressure on, but my expectations are pretty high. And, I, and, and they're so high that I think that we'll be talking about... This will get plenty of votes come year-end award season. Uh, I think people will put this in their collective notebooks and uh, circle the date, and they'll have a lot of little stars next to that one. Um, I think it, I think this will be one of those that people talk about at, at year end for sure. Dynamics kind of remind me of those between Okada and Osprey. It's like the big brother, little brother thing, and they've always had sort of like a cheeky chemistry together. Where you know Hiromi's trying to steal Naito's hat or whatever, and there was uh, remember when Naito broke Hiromi's best of the Super Juniors trophy a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, so they've they got kind of those sort of playful, mischievous dynamics between them. But you know, as with any big brother, little brother relationship, there is that kind of fiery uh, undercurrent that's kind of bubbling up where you can be uh, rest assured that Hiromu is determined to prove people wrong and you know showed Naito that he's to be taken seriously he's not just like the annoying kid brother right yeah I mean I think the biggest challenge is unfortunately again we're talking about I don't think that like I'm not thinking of this as Hiromu being Using this as a, like a launch pad, like Will Osprey did, to to move up to heavyweights, right? Um, no, I don't think I, I don't want that. I've, I've said before, I want Hiromu to elevate the junior division, right? In terms of his own star power, he would get lost in the heavyweight division. I want you know he's such a big star that him holding that title and having great matches against guys like Robbie Eagles, El Desperado, Sho, Yo, Ryu Lee, Taiji Shibori should be pushing for that main event spot on these yeah. shows. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking for him to accomplish the things that Kushida couldn't, right? For whatever reason, whatever reason you want to point the finger at, like all the things that Kushida used to talk about, I see Hiromo being um, moving forward, and that is not a knock on on Kushida by any stretch, um, but for whatever reason, maybe New Japan just wasn't ready for it, uh, maybe the world wasn't ready for it. Who, who knows? Um, but yeah, I th- I, that's that's where that that's the elevation that I see for Hiromo in 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 this. Um, it's, this is not again a Will Osprey. Let's let's hit the weight room a little bit harder, get get some more mass, and and become a heavyweight. This is more um, taking the juniors to new to new heights. And I think that there's so much talent in that division right now that now's the time to be able to do that. Um, and again, right around the corner, we got the Robbie Eagle stuff. Um, that 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 should be you know that should be pretty great actually, um, so yeah there's there's plenty there's plenty on the docket so I'm not I'm not worried about um, heavyweight Hiromo after this I just think this is going to help elevate the juniors even further. Let's talk about some of these uh, 
shows that we had a crack on haul last week. Uh, attendances, first of all. So the Tiger Hattori Retirement Show did uh, 1,600. The Shingo Ishii Show did 1,353. The Golden Aces G.O.D. one did 1,500. And the Nakanishi Show sold out. Do you are you side eyeing that Shingo Ishii number? The fact that they were not able to sell out Korakuen Hall is that a problem for you? Um, I I think it had more to do with that's a lot of pro wrestling in a short amount of time for one building, right? Um, especially correct me if I'm wrong. That was in the middle of the week, right? Uh, yeah, and it was. Um, let's see. So it was Wednesday. I think that one was a th- Thursday, actually. Yeah. So Thursday night, second of four straight nights at Korakuen. Right. So is that what you put it down to, rather than uh, Shingo's yeah. drawing power? Yeah, because here's the thing: if 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 you put that show on its own, like, and without all the the bookends, I I kind of feel like that on its own, and it would have been fine. Right, you would have had no problem with. But I just think that's that's a lot to ask for pro wrestling fans to, you know, every fucking night. I got to go home and make dinner. You know what I mean? I got to I got to I got laundry to fucking do. You know what I mean? I got to be at work the next day. Whatever the whatever the fucking thing is, you can make excuses for one night. It's kind of hard to make excuses for fucking four nights. Um, no, I'm not that concerned. I, I don't I don't think that has anything. I can't say. That it has nothing. I think it's a, 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 a tiny, tiny concern. But I think overall, if you put that show without the other shows, that, that show would have no problem selling out. Another thing that was notable was the appearance of a new young lion at ringside, which people may uh, have recognized as Joe Bailey, who is the son of William Regal, which yes. attracted a lot of attention. A lot of people saying stuff on Twitter like, oh, I can't believe that William Regal sent his son to New Japan instead of the performance entry he works out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Damon, but I'm sure that he let his son choose where he wanted to go. This yeah. is not a, you know... Regal sent his son here. Finley sent his son here. It's not a question of sending. I mean, these are grown men making decisions with their lives. I would hope, right? I mean, I, 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 I would tend to agree with that. Now, I'm sure that there was, you know, a conversation at the dinner table. And it was, you know, what should I do? And I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, dad gave the advice of, you know, forge your own path. And do what you feel is right, and I'll support you in any way you want to go. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm there. You know, I had this whole fucking story in my head. Um, they were eating uh, chicken noodle soup, and uh, yeah, but this is a this is a, yeah this is a grown man doing what he feels he wants to do, and this was very low key, right? This wasn't like this was announced. They, they didn't have a press conference. They didn't you know have. Um, you know, it wasn't even even like the announcers were. You know, it wasn't like Kevin Kelly was like, "Hey, that's blah blah." blah you know, that As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he specifically went, "Oh, there's a nondescript young lion." You know, when he was getting pounded, like he didn't even mention his name. Um, and I think that was intentional. I think they wanted to keep that low key because he wanted to forge his own path. Um, and I, and I that's 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 good. Um, so no, I think again, it's a combination of. Uh, an adult wanting to do what he felt was best for him when it comes to his pro wrestling training and the future. B, he didn't want to live in someone's footsteps or someone's shadow. And C, dad being like, 
I'm going to support you in any way you, you want. And not for nothing, it's probably a really good place to learn your pro wrestling. And probably the best, uh, if, if we're being truthful. If you want to learn pro, some pro wrestling, eh, it might be a place you want, might want to go. So yeah, I think uh, I don't think this was a situation of Regal being like, ah, I don't really see the Performance Center being, you know, I don't, uh, I, 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 I kind of feel, and again, I don't know. I wasn't there at the dinner table, but, you know, you would kind of speculate that do what you want and I'm going to support you in either decision you want to do. Did you catch Kevin Kelly giving a shout out for our victory lap? Yeah, I did. <laughs> He's the best, isn't he? What a smart man, an intelligent man. Yeah, he really is. I'll tell you what. He uh, gets it. He does get it. And uh, yeah, I did get a chuckle out of the victory lap line. Um, he plenty more where that came from. Oh yeah, yeah. Keep him coming. Um, he and I know we'll we'll talk about the shows. Did you? catch him at the end of the Nakanishi night and his just kind of talking about what this the company means to him and what this whole thing with everybody involved and the fandom and 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 what you know and Chris and, as well he was very effusive yeah. in his praise having Chris by his side yeah like him talking I was waiting for him to say this is my last show, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll be leaving this booth, but I wish you the best. And when I'm like, whoa, um, but yeah, he, uh, he, that was really good that, you know, that was, that was, that was, that was a true, that was him speaking from the heart. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really, just a wonderful moment, you know, how he says, you know, he's there to, 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 to capture those stories and to capture and to, and to tell those stories. Um, I just thought that really stood out to me in the in in pro wrestling right now. Like you're not going to hear that anywhere else. It feels like like you're not going to get that kind of honesty, and and even throughout his whole play by play, like like to me, he Kevin Kelly is a guy that has a really great situation in the sense that he has he he's not held down you know listen we know there are a lot of wrestling promotions out there where they got an earpiece in and they're getting fed line and he didn't have that and he's good he, good he's great at what he does and there is a little bit of i don't give a shit it, yeah I mean, I, this is know. a guy who's worked with vince mcmahon he's yeah. been through it all yeah. so you know he's he's not a company man he's not a yes man he's gonna tell you his mind and he can stick up for himself he's he's not a guy to be fucked around with right yeah and 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 that maybe above everything else i appreciate you know what i mean like like i'm he has people he has to report to no doubt but i think when he, like he works best when almost he has a little tiny bit of a chip on his shoulder not a lot a little bit um i that's where his, that's where he, you could kind of see he knows his shit he's comfortable in that booth now um he's got it down he's got a pattern and you know truth be told he you know we've we've discussed this he wants his legacy to be new japan pro wrestling like he wants to be known you know for his career as 
the best at doing what he does for this company. Um, so, okay, I, I, I think he's doing it. Again, we talk about it a lot, and this is not blow smoke up Kevin Kelly's ass at time, but I don't think that there's any one person who's done more for the growth of this product from an from a English language perspective than Kevin Kelly. I really don't. Um, and I think him and, and, and bringing in Chris for those, those interviews and, and translations and history, um, I just think works. And I think you know both of them together, the more that they do it, the more chemistry they get. Um, and I think it's a winning team. I really do. Talk to me a bit about the Tiger Hattori retirement ceremony, please. Yeah. Well, um, you had <laughs> you know you had Hiroshi Hase making an appearance. You had Ricky Chope. And I, said, I know the music was dubbed for our New Japan World stream, but I'm sure everyone at Korakuen thought, oh, it's the Super J cast coming out. I tell you, all right, if we're talking Kevin Kelly, he did send uh, a little note, a little text, uh, basically saying, I popped because I thought it was you guys coming out. <laughs> so I thought that was Can you funny. imagine that? You and I coming out to present <laughs> Tiger and Tori with flouts. Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> that would have been wonderful. Oh Christ! Um, yeah. So I mean, I like the fact that look, Ricky Choshu really wasn't popular guy with the New Japan brass for a little bit, um, and the fact that he is getting more involved in current day, I I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, again, he is one of my favorites of all time. And again, to see him kind of getting back into the fold a little bit, you know, a little announcing, a little this, a little, and we don't, we don't, we don't want to give him the book, but um, I like that. Uh, Hiroshi Hase, again, a guy who I don't want to say has, certainly not, please don't, he, it's not like he turned his back on pro wrestling, but you know, the guy's got other fish to fry right now. <laughs> you know, he's a, uh, he's a pretty important guy. Uh, when it comes to the uh, political world. So for him to show up uh, was pretty awesome as well. Uh, again, I think, and, and if you go back and watch some of the comments and, and listen to a lot of the American and, and Western wrestlers that have, you know, he was a huge key in, in a lot of people getting work in with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was in a very important office guy uh when it came to that um and again the respect that he had when it came to big matches you go through that archive on new japan world his ass is in a lot of those big matches throughout the years um you'll see him he's there he's in the mix so uh that speaks of, of a lot of what he brought to the table so uh i love the ceremony it seems like we were getting a lot of them this year, boy. It seems like we're getting a lot of them. Um, but I thought it was well done. I think New Japan does a classy job with them. Um, and I gave it an A+. I thought it was a wonderful job. There was some interesting stuff going on in these shows with the Young Lions. Like the, the first match on day one, there was some stuff going on between Hinari and Gabriel Kidd and Hinari and Suji at the end of the match that I was kind of raised eyebrow. It, it looked like it was veering into shoot territory. And I was like, what is going on here? And then also there was a 
match the next day with Yu Uemura and his team facing off against Suzuki Gun and Uemura was going right after Suzuki, which the the fans loved. And I'm tremendously excited about Yu Uemura, and I don't know if that's a tease that there's going to be some connection between him and Suzuki Gun, or if it was just something that was done off the cuff. But either way, there's just something about Uemura, and he's got that that passion and fire and charisma. Not to mention, you know, impeccable technical ability that makes him a really exciting prospect for me. Uemura was great in that match, wasn't it? That match, like for me, uh, for that weekend, that that's right up there. Um, and the idea of him taking it right to uh, Suzuki in the beginning of the match, where usually it's Suzuki going, you know, how they start off their matches hot and we're tossing people to the outside. It was the other way around. And it was him that was making it happen. I mean, at the end of the day, he got taught a lesson. And I love the fact, um, you know, it, it, you know, the the idea of him getting a big win over that was was always, you know, you're always sitting there thinking, man, there's no fucking way. But then every once in a while, they would just, you know, splash a little bit on you where you're, oh, my God, they're going to do it. Uh, that's the love of pro wrestling right there. I thought that match was really great. I really enjoyed that one a lot. Um Look, it seems like every year we get another crop or another batch of young lions that outdoes the previous batch. Um, well, actually, David, I was glad you mentioned that because we have not had Japanese young lions since Uemma and Suji, who debuted almost exactly two years ago. Is that a bit strange for you that we haven't had, had any new Japanese young lions in coming up to two years? Yeah. Um, yes, um, it is. Now, you could say that they're very strict in in who they choose to join a dojo. Two, once you join that dojo, it's, that's a tough life. That's not for everybody. Um, so four of them out on excursion as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oka Kawato. Narita yep. and Umino. Yep. So, uh, but uh, th- those names that you mentioned, I mean, they're going to be in the mix very shortly, right? And again, oh, yeah. you, you, you got some scoops there for us, Damon. <laughs> I don't got no scoops. I got no scoops. You sounded really confident there. I, I, I've heard nothing. Listeners, sorry. I was just, I was just riffing. There's nothing. <laughs> Come on. Edit that bit out. <laughs> no. Leave- <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any secret in any of that, right? No, they've been gone for a long time, especially Kawato and Oka. They've right. been gone so long that people are, you know, looking at their watches. When are these guys coming back? Yeah, I mean, there's no secret there, right? Um, and they'll be in the mix quick. So again, you constantly want to feed that system, and it is a little bit like, okay, all right, yeah, we, maybe we're focusing a little bit too much on the LA guy, all right, maybe, um, and the, and the new crop there. Um, I don't know if I'm concerned with that yet, though. To be truthful, I think I think I think it go, kind of goes in cycles too. I don't really know. I, I don't really have a chart in front of me to see you know when people debuted and when people joined and when. So I don't know if there have been gaps similar to that in the past. I I can I, I would assume so. I know that there was. I remember Tanahashi talking about the system. And how it was a struggle getting people in, just getting people into the system, right? Um, 
and I, I know he had talked about maybe changing the ways that that might be done. So I don't know. I, I, I again, I don't know in the past how how many gaps there might have been in 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 getting more Japanese young lions in the mix, but. I kind of like the fact that they're not just picking any Tom, Dick, and Harry off the fucking street. And, um, you know, they look good, but they can't do shit. You know, you know? I kind of like that idea. And again, there is, a big, I, there is a big difference between being a guy who looks like he can go and might have the physical gifts. But, man, once you get into that fucking environment, I would think, Joel, that, that would be more of a mental thing than a physical thing, right? Mentally, it's got to be very tough living that dojo life. Yeah, I and again, I don't think that they should have like quotas or anything that they need to fill. If if you're good enough, you will make it. I think it's just a coincidence. It just so happens at the moment that a lot of the young lines that they they have are uh, Westerners. So I guess this is just a sign of the times, really, that um, nationality. Uh, a national identity is not as fixed as it once was. You know, certainly me talking to you as a person, uh, a Brit who's a, an expat, who's married to a Thai person, you know, when my daughter is born, she will be uh, having a, an English father and a Thai mother and grown up in China. Like, what nationality does that make her? So maybe these ideas about nationality are starting to become less important. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think those those walls are breaking down every day. So, again, I think a little bit of the focus was on the L.A. dojo scene, getting that going, getting that moving quickly, um, and getting that successful. And, again, we got, um, what, New Zealand or uh, Australia area, right? We got that dojo, and I just always talk about having uh, a U.K. presence. So, no, I mean, I think a lot of it is, is – um, we might have the spotlight focused in different areas just to kind of make sure that wheel is greased with new fresh talent all the time. We also had an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the champions showing Yo defeating the challengers, the mega coaches, Rocky and Taguchi in 26 minutes 47. Show pin Rocky with after the strong X. Uh, I did enjoy on commentary the revisionist history about why Rapongi Vice broke up. I mean, let's not forget that was so Trent Beretta could... Uh, forge his uh, big successful uh, heavyweight singles career, which uh, I don't know, as far as I know, it must must be going great guns in uh, AEW <laughs> at the moment. Uh, but I, you know, I do like the mega coaches. They're they're a fun team, but they're also really really good at wrestling, and everyone loves them. And um, yeah, there's some fun stuff here, like Taguchi low bridging Yo with a Nakamura pose, and uh, there's a little moment as well where all the crowd were chanting. Taguchi's name and he was getting a bit embarrassed by that and I thought that was quite cute and um, the the way that the mega coaches were targeting uh, the body parts I thought was surprisingly crisp and effective for a team that you know a lot of people hand wave as a, a joke team and you know, like using Taguchi but then on the other hand they're using Taguchi's bum as a, a focal point late into the match but I, I thought it was quite funny it was long it was a really long match for, yep. for what it was I Personally, I think it's time for Rapongi 3K to move on. I, I don't really like the gimmick. I kind of feel Yo would be a better fit in another faction. Pro LIJ, I mean, he's got links to LIJ. And 
just looking at his show, he's he's got to start breaking out soon. Same age as Hiromu. Yeah. You look at the difference where they are. And, uh, you know, our friend Manabu was talking to me about this. He says, the show's got a podcast. On his podcast, he was saying that he's he's quite shy and he seems to be waiting for guidance from someone. So he's, you know, he's, he seems like an intelligent, thoughtful, quite introverted guy, but he's got to break out of that if he's going to achieve some of his potential here. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the match? I thought the match was fine. Um, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was it was good. Um, I don't think anybody thought that Rocky and and Taguchi were were winning here. Um, uh, as I mean, look, we talked about it as being a nice little title defense for Rapongi 3K, right? To get a to get one under their belt um, in a in a new fresh matchup, something interesting, you know. Having Rocky be one of the guys challenging, yeah, I'm. I, I feel like I'm kind of a little bit in, the, not even a little bit, a lot in the same boat as you. Um, what? It, it becomes a, a point of diminishing returns. Like what? Uh, our show and yo growing and learning and developing as pro wrestlers in Rapongi 3K. And I feel like we're at a point where I don't know if that's the case. Like what more can that tag team be or do to make either of those two guys better pro wrestlers? I kind of just uh, feel who is like, they left a feud with as well. It seems like they've wrestled everyone numerous times. Right. Now, that's not to say that we're going to have either of those two guys shoot up the heavyweights and and do that. No, they're still going to be juniors. But I just think that there are, I think it's singles time, right? I, I really do. I think it's singles time for both of them. Um, I don't want any, either of them to get lost in the mix though. Um, there is that possibility. I still think show is, he's, you know, I, I really, I really feel like he, is a guy that can stand out. Um, and I, I, I really feel like a show uh, Hiromu feud would be fantastic. I think a yo Hiromu feud would be great. But I think it's time. And I think it's time that we put you know, down the, uh, the gold shiny jackets, put on a new coat of paint, freshen it up a little bit, go those separate ways, and get out of the tag team scene because I just, I just don't know what else we do to make them grow as pro wrestlers uh, sitting in junior tag title scene. Mike Daisley on Twitter says, well, I would love to see Rapongi 3K amicably go their own way. If they turned one heel, who do you think would be better? Show as a dominant heel or Yo as a shitbag heel? I think Yo has more mileage as a face myself. I think Yo's got to be the heel. He's got that little yep. bit of swagger and cockiness and that yep. little petulant streak as well and uh you know a, a little bit of a sadistic edge to him as well when he's been i've seen him going with you know submissions talking body parts with people where i think he'd be a really good dickhead heel yep exactly he's got that little smirk that he can pull off every once in a while yeah I, i'm in the same same boat uh heel up yo show baby face to the moon uh let's split him up and let's go from here 
Uh, we had never open weight championship match with Shingo Takagi defending against Tomohiro Ishii. Twenty seven minutes four seconds with Last of the Dragons. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say something that is probably gonna be controversial. Uh, I didn't love this one. I I just feel like I'm maybe starting to get a bit fatigued with this style of beefy boy match. I, I mean, I thought it was a good match, really good match, but. I, I didn't seem to love it as much as most people did. You know, there there were the Jesus Christ quotient moments you know, when Ishii was throwing the forearms into Shingo's throat. And I liked after the match, after the bell, and Ishii's still trying to attack Shingo. That was all good. But I just, I, I just, yeah, I, get, I feel these sort of beef matches are saturated with them. And styles make fights, you know? And, and I think Ishii has had his best matches against guys who are very different to him. You know, like that G1 a couple of years ago, he had tremendous matches with Kenny Omega and Ibushi. He has great matches against Zack. And mm-hmm. I just, I find these matches kind of one note. I can I can shut my eyes and I know all the spots they're going to do. I don't know exactly what, you know, the first five minutes is going to play out as. And, and likewise, I can say the same for Shingo. He's, he's best against people who are different because he's a really versatile wrestler. I love seeing him against people like Naito or Osprey or even Taichi. So I thought this match was very good, but I think I, I want to see something different now. I've had enough of the, the beefy boy matches. Okay. I love the match. And I, I, I love the match with, with this being said. I think that there was something off, something not quite right. And I thought about this because I turned off that match thinking, wow, that was great, but... I don't know if I'm talking about this match at the end of the year. I love certain elements of this match. I love the hard-hitting clotheslines and and the chops and and all that. Here's what I think was missing. It was a pace. Like if we upped the the gear a little bit and and had a little bit more of a pace. All those matches that you talked about, Joel, were they had a pace. And Ishii works best, not in a methodical style. When Ishii turns methodical, it does kind of slow down and it turns into that, okay, a little bit formulatic match, Ishii match. But it's when the pace pickens up and it's when, you know, it's a little bit more balls to the wall. Like that, that's, that will, that's what, that is what was missing in this match. That element of danger and balls to the wallness. Hard-hitting, yes. Beefy, yes. Great moments, yes. Collectively, it didn't have a pace, an urgency, a um, uh, a spectacularness that when Ishii has that element, matches are off the charts. When Shingo has it, it's off the charts. And I just think that this match was worked a little bit methodically, and I think that hurt the match. Again, I still think the match was great, but that extra layer, that extra spice, that's pace, um, and I think that's what that is what was missing in this match to to help put it over the top. I kept waiting for that pace to occur, and it just didn't feel like it was it was there. Okay, well I'm glad it's not just me because everyone else seemed to be raving about this one, but. Uh... 
there we go. Some thoughtful criticism from uh, David and Joel there. And then the next day we had a couple of title matches as well. We had a never openweight six-man tag championship match with Bushi, Evil and Shingo successfully defending against Taguchi, Kabana and Yano in 14 minutes, 14 seconds. Bushi uh, with the Bushi roll against Taguchi. And yeah, I like this. This this was fun. I, I really enjoy Bushi as a six-man champion. Uh, I think he... It looks like he takes some pride in that and he gets his little moments there and in this kind of match I, I like the sort of selective uh, dramatic use of the mist and I thought it was well done here uh, the way he, he tricked Taguchi and yeah this this uh, was a fun match and I'm glad that LIJ retains because I enjoy seeing them defending these belts they've gotten decent matches with them so far and this is the kind of spot I want to see these six man tag championships yeah I agree um I don't think that this, you know, was the highlight of of the weekend by any stretch. Um, but I thought it was good. Um, I hate missed spots, you know that. Um, so even then, it's just a little bit uh, okay. Um, I like them as champions. I think that 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 leads and lends to a lot more interesting matchups down the road. I just hope they don't forget about them. Right, just don't forget about these titles. I don't think they will with Lij having them. But again, I want to see more interesting matches, um, and I think with Lij having them, I think we will. So um, I was kind of, I was probably more happy that 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 they successfully defended for that reason alone than just about anything else. But I thought the match was good. I didn't think it was great. Yeah, I don't mind having the belts uh, on guys like Evil and Shingo who may otherwise have bigger things to do, especially on big shows. It's not like I, I don't need these titles defended on every Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion and Otaku or whatever. They are perfectly fine being defended on these sorts of Road 2 shows. I yep. think that's fine. Just as long as it's done uh, regularly, then I'm happy. Um, right. Moving on then to the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match where... <laughs> The Golden Aces, or Golden Cortisone, as uh, Nicole calls them, uh, managed to defeat the Gorillas of Destiny in 20 minutes, 10 seconds, Tanahashi pinning Tamatonga after a high fly flow. And yeah, Nicole was made an interesting point about this match. So um, the fact that G.O.D. can put on enjoyable matches with solid opponents, they cannot elevate lesser opponents. You know, they're not going to drag anyone to a great match, but... Um, they are as good as their opponents. But um, she pointed out here that Tanahashi spent a long time in the ring in this match. And she was wondering whether Ibushi might have been hurt. Because uh, towards the end, it, it just seemed like they were trying to figure out ways to give Ibushi recovery time. Like, there were like a couple of moments where it looked like Tanahashi was single-handedly going to defeat G.O.D., <laughs> Right. All by himself, without any help from Ibushi. And then something would happen, like the referee would get dragged out of the ring or whatever. So maybe Ibushi got hurt or, or, or rocked in, in this match because he was alone on the floor with G.O.D. double-teaming Tanahashi for quite a long time in this match. Like the uh, Nicole pointed out, there's the, the camera near Ibushi, but they never went to that camera shot of actually pointing the camera at Ibushi and showing him, oh, look, he's he's laid out on the floor. He's struggling to recover. Uh, Red Shoes kept checking on him. And every time G.O.D. was about to pin Tanahashi, you could see Red Shoes standing on the ropes, pointing down to wherever Ibushi was on the floor right. at that moment. And they, they didn't touch Ibushi much after that. And when he wasn't doing his moves, when he wasn't getting the offense in, they were leaving him alone outside, outside of like maybe 
a couple of shots to the back while he was still on the floor. So uh, that was something I hadn't noticed in real time. Went back and watched it again. So, uh, so if that was the case, that something went wrong and Ibushi got uh, got his bell rung, I thought this was a pretty good match, all things considered. Uh, oh, my, like my expectations weren't very high uh, going into Grid as a Destiny match, but I, I thought they did a good job and it had a, a nice feel-good finish. I was, you know, I was expecting more from it. I thought we get some cool like double team finish with like a you know Kamigoi leading into a high fly float, and it kind of felt like singles matches rather than a cohesive tag match. But yeah, maybe something went wrong along the line. But I thought they did a decent job here. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they they may have called called an audible. Um, you know, Kevin Kelly had mentioned on the next night um, where Abushi got you know thrown into the rail. And he actually hit his head on a piece of a of a purse of a handbag of uh, who from a fan who who held it up as as Abushi was coming in, held it up to kind of get it out of the way, right? You know, but it actually wound up hitting Abushi like and, and cutting him apparently. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking maybe yeah uh, they were thinking on the fly, called an audible. Um, it did seem like Tanahashi was in there for quite a while. She did point that out to me as well. Um, they were they were teased, you know. It seemed like that second half of the match they were they were really focused on that high five low um, for a long time, and yeah, and a lot of the spots where Red Shoes was kind of out of position intentionally checking on Coda. So yeah, could possibly be, and that's good, you know, four pros thinking on their feet. Um, I'm sure we we would have seen something a little bit different if that didn't occur. So again, I don't know if that was the case, but it sure did seem like it. And then uh, again, exciting! I love the I love this tag team. Absolutely fucking love this tag team, and I was rooting hard for it to happen. So there you go. Uh, and then we got more fun shenanigans after the match, which leads on to even look heavyweight. To- I called it. I you called it on call- last week's show. Yeah, you sure did. Absolutely, that's a victory lap for Joe right there. Um, look, the heavyweight tag title situation. It's just like that. Just like that. This thing has become really interesting. Even with G.O.D. in the mix. 2020 is the year of the heavyweight tag title. What, what, what do you think of that? What, what the fuck do you think of that? Who would have thought we'd be saying that here, here in, in, in close to March? Who, who thought we'd be saying that? I like this. I like this a lot, um, and I like the idea of uh, techers, dangerous techers. Did you like Tai Chi wearing the surgical mask? <laughs> yeah, I did. It does beg the question, actually, though. Why on earth would you have dangerous techers lose that tag match to Osprey on Okada at New Beginning? Yeah. Unless they hadn't planned this yet, but it just it seems weird in retrospect that they wouldn't let dangerous techers get a win in a nothing you know, throwaway tag match to set them up as heavyweight challengers. But, I mean, I'm nitpicking. I'm really excited that we're going to have this match. I have no idea when we're going to get it, I guess Sakura Genesis. So I would be very surprised if uh, any of these four guys are winning the New Japan Cup. I think we can safely say that's not going to happen. Uh, a couple of questions. Bash says, uh, how do you think things will look in the tag division now that Tana and Kota have the belts? And Seth Plout says, how long do you see Tana Ibushi having that tag belts? Do you think they would do a big tag match at Madison Square Garden? Um, I, I would think... I'm going to say no. So uh, I think... Um... I don't think we'll have a long run with these titles. I would think 
uh, Tana in a singles match at Madison Square Garden might be something that you know is a possibility. I don't know for sure. Let's let's be very clear on that. But um, I don't th- I don't think we'll see Tana and and Ibushi in a tag situation in, in late August. No. And that brings us on to the fourth show, which was the Manabu Nakanishi retirement event. Uh, nothing really of note from the undercard, so let's just skip straight ahead to the main event, which was the Manabu Nakanishi retirement match, where uh, Goto, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Okada defeated Nagata, Kojima, Tenzan, Nakanishi. Tanahashi pinning Nakanishi in 18 minutes, 3 seconds. After <coughs> Nakanishi took everyone's finisher to GTR and the Kamigoi and Rainmaker and the High Fly Flow, I love this match, Damon. This this was great. I mean, what a, a tremendous way to go out for Nakanishi. And I just think New Japan should get a lot of credit for these retirement matches that they do. Like the Izuka one around this time last year was a, a really fun, memorable match. And so was this one. And Nakanishi looks way better than he has in recent years. And he was able to put in a performance to be proud of for his last match. And I just thought this was tremendous fun. Yeah, this was really great, and I think everything from top to bottom. I think the 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 lead up, you know, them getting wins where you know maybe Liger couldn't buy a win, as they were saying, right? I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, the fact that oh, yeah, because Nakanishi, so Nakanishi he got the win the night before, didn't he? He, yeah. he tapped out. Was it Gedo or, or Jado? I forget which one. Yeah, yeah, put him in the backbreaker. Um, the uh, and then again taking every finisher and. Even the video package before. Did you see the video package before, um, where you know he's he's doing his monster morning gimmick, and then they're inter, you know they're they're popping in highlights of his career and the way that was. They just do a really fucking great job of. Here's the thing: what they do, they they show respect in these video packages. You know what I mean? Like it's really done with 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 class and with grace and. Um, they're just a highlight. They 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 do these things so well, um, and it tugs at your heartstrings, and it and it and it, and it is feel good. And uh, look, I can't sit here and tell you that Nakanishi was one of my favorite pro wrestlers. Uh, well, he wasn't, but for, at least for this week, he was right. At least for this week, everybody in that company, from you know Chris. Given the history and 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 the website updates and the interviews and the video packages and commentary, kind of piecing things together for people who who might have missed stuff, uh, and and keeping an eye out for shit to watch in the, that happened, you know, in the past, and and the matches themselves and the, and the wrestlers and the emotion and the people in the building. Look, there there's not many companies that do this as as well as New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's be honest. That that was really well done, um, and 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 I'm, here's here's what it is. And at no point would I be would I take somebody who is casually interested in pro wrestling or just you know does, and would I be embarrassed to have them sit and watch that show? One, they would watch it and be like, "All right, that was pretty cool. Well, that's good." You know, I might not be a you know a new fan, but that was that was good. And there was nothing embarrassing. You know, it's just fucking good and respectful. And classy and well, and just a well done weekend. Um, you you got to tip your cap to them on this because this was this was this was pro wrestling at its best all the way around, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Did you get any indication that this retirement might not have been Nakanishi's idea? That he might have been pushed towards it? He... There was one picture in the locker room where they had the whole locker room in and everybody's doing the, you know, the fist in the air. And I never, if you look at Nakanishi, I've never looked, I never saw a guy so sad <laughs> in my entire life. He looked sad, like sad. Um, not sad as in pathetic, but sad as in, oh, my heart is broken. Um, I'm sure, look, I don't think you can be an athlete at that level and do the things that he has done and think, uh, I can't do this anymore. Like, that's a hard conversation any athlete has to have with themselves. Um, I'm sure it wasn't a conversation where it was like, um, what do you think about stepping down? And he was like, okay, let's do it. I'm sure it was, you know, I could still go. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, I, I'm sure it was tough for him to kind of admit to himself that we're going to hang up the boots. So, and but I think that's with everyone, honestly. I don't think, although Liger felt like he was, he, he was, he was headfirst into that. He was like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, let's milk this. Uh, but yeah, Nakanishi looked a little, little, a uh, little heartbroken. Swordfish on Twitter says, what do you guys think of Chris Charlton? I'm glad that he's on the English commentary. Remember how they almost had him play less of a role on the English commentary team? Without, I remember that, Damon. Yeah, I do. Uh, I without his translations, that Nakanishi retirement ceremony would not have felt as special. He does a great job. I, I think what he is there to do. I mean, Chris works for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's, let's, be, let's be truthful, right? Um, and his job when he's on that microphone is to be that person to help connect the dots for people, um, whether that be English translations, whether that be history. I mean, look, I'm jealous of him in the sense that he has that that mind that he's able to, A, recollect, or B, at least know where the fuck his notes are in his notebook to be able to get out that information. Um, yeah, I think for what he does, like, look, I'm not going to put him solo and have him do fucking play-by-play. No, I, I don't think anybody would want that. Uh, I don't even think he would want that. Um, but for him to do what he does, I think he does it very well. And and the, and again, for a guy who you know he's he podcasts and he's done you know he, he doesn't have a broadcasting background. You know, he, he, imagine this: you're a fan of this fucking promotion for years, and you follow it, and you've written a book, and you've. You know, now you're in the mix of it. And now they're going to put a microphone and dopes like us are are salivating at, fuck up, Chris. <laughs> you know, you know we're, you're rooting for him. But, you know, there's people out there that are like just waiting for him to fucking stumble. That's got to be tough. It's not, it's not easy. And I think that he's starting to come into his own. Um, and the stuff that he does for the company, you know, when it comes to website stuff and shit. I think, uh, and from an English translation perspective, I think, um, look, I'm, I'm, I can't, I couldn't be more happy for the fucking guy. He's living the dream, right? The guy's fucking living the dream. Uh, something that's just been tweeted to me, uh, which I hadn't thought about, from Gareth Elton, who says uh, the linear ace 
of New Japan Pro Wrestling is being defended for the first time since the G1 when Bad Luck Farley faces Colt Cabana. So uh, an extra bit of excitement to follow in the New Japan Cup. So not only are they fighting for the New Japan Cup and that title shot, but also the linear eight, the title of linear ace in New Japan. So there you go. Something exciting to add some spice to the mix there. Um, Discord questions then. Nicole says, question for sports reporter Damon. What was more disappointing this weekend, the Leafs losing to their own Zamboni driver or the Fanatic redesign? <laughs> Joel, are you familiar with the uh, Maple Leaf situation at all? I'm not, but I did go to a Tim Hortons today. Ah, there you go. Then you're, you're all caught up. Uh, I'll give you the, the quick rundown. So uh, Maple Leafs play the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes, both their dressed goalies, so you can dress two goaltenders, get hurt in the same game. So there's a league rule where you have to have a backup goaltender, right, just in case. And usually they'll never see the light of day. They'll never get on the ice. But they had to go on the ice. And the guy is the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, minor league team. So he's 42 years old. He's, you know, he had, you know, not to say that this doesn't mean he can't be a goaltender, but uh, he had uh, kidney transplants. Um, you know, he's there, like some practices, just like to help warm up play. But like, he's not—he's a beer leaguer. Uh, first two shots, he let in goals, right? So here, the Maple Leafs are starting to come back. Then the Maple Leafs give give up like three goals, and third period. The fucking beer league goaltender shuts them down, and and the, and, and the Hurricanes played unbelievable defense. They didn't, barely got a shot. But my fucking Maple Leafs couldn't beat a forty-two-year-old beer league goalt. Imagine that. Imagine like Manchester United pulling a guy out of the fucking crowd, right, and saying, "Okay, you're in net. You've played a couple games of you know whatever you know you know university. You're you're in net, and they win the game." That's exactly what happened to the Maple Leafs. Unfucking believable. I hate my team. Why do I root for this fucking team? They'll never win. I'm seeing Swade before the fucking Maple Leafs win a cup. Unbelievable. Uh, it makes you feel any better. I enjoyed my coffee and donuts from Tim Hortons. <laughs> that is good. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's the worst. I don't. The fanatic. Yeah, that's a. You know, who cares? Uh, the fucking Leafs losing to a beer league goaltender is. Yeah, that's the worst. Uh, Gig Me Like a Butcher says, Damon, since all the sway talk made me think to ask, how do you feel about Pulp? Love him. Love him. Him and Hers, one of my favorite albums. I saw, I've seen him. Radio City Music Hall, saw him twice, I think, there. Uh, Jarvis Cocker, Love. Uh, uh, different Class, great album. Uh, even This Is Hardcore, I love. No, one of my favorites. Pulp is great. Oh, my God, say, John, and you're going to be appearing on John's podcast very soon to do. Yes reprising your role in the new Japan Cup Pick'em. And of course, last year, you made your pick that Chase Owens was going to beat Juice Robinson. And everyone laughed at you. That's right. But you were right. So let's uh, continue then. Art Quite Flame says, with the recent dad retirements, who do you think will be the next to drop down to replace them in the opening tags? I mean, I was thinking about this to take this one step further. It seems like they're doing like one retirement per year. I think let's step it up. Let's get Honma out of there. Let's get Tenzan out of there because those are two guys who I just watch and just make me think like, ah, why, why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think they're the next in line, right? They would have to be. I mean, Honma's been around forever and a half. Uh, Tenzan as well. Um, yeah, let's 
Let's let's let's start thinking about some uh, ceremonies for those two guys. Um, I think they would be the next in the line. Uh, Jeff says, coming off the heels of Liger's retirement, I can't help but feel we were robbed of his moment in the snow. Does Damon agree? And can you name a wrestler who got their Karako and snow send off in a more satisfying manner? Uh, well, Kenny Omega got a good one, didn't he? He sure did. He got a nice one. I think Tana got one, right? Didn't he get one too? Um, it would have been nice, right? Look. I guess, but you know that was Liger. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised that they were like, okay, we got this whole big thing, and he's like, no, 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 I'm, no, no, we're not doing that. Um, it would have been nice. Trust me, it, 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 it and it would have hurt nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. I, I don't feel like I was robbed of anything, but um, yeah, it would have been would have been nice. But oh well. N- n- I, here's what I'm happy with. Like, it's not like Liger turned into Izuka and you don't even see him anymore, right? You don't even, you know, you see him on co- commentary. And it is nice to, you know, just to see the mask, you know? It is, it is, there is a little bit of a comfort in that, him doing commentary. So I hope and pray that we continue to see him on commentary, just to, just to see him, just to hear the music again. Carl says, last episode, you fellas discussed the possibility of Osprey's future IWGP champion. Mm-hmm. What are both your thoughts on Hiromu one day being a possibility to hold that belt? I think he's a no-brainer. Also, what about putting Hiromu and Ryu Lee in G1? I think those two guys are more than capable of hanging with the big boys. As we discussed earlier, I think Hiromu should stay as a junior. Yep, uh, I do too. And uh, and again, there's plenty to accomplish there. And I, Now, with that being said, would you have a problem with either of those two in G1? Uh, I would no. I just, I want to see the best of the super juniors. I don't want people pulling double duty. I think last year it was kind of unique circumstances because you had Osprey and Shingo both on the cusp of that transition. Uh, but this year I don't feel there's a need for it. I think you can have twenty proper heavyweight wrestlers without having to put Lee and Hiromu in the G one. As as much as it pains me to say, I would agree. Um, I there there is a thought where wouldn't it be cool if if just the champion were in, right? It kind of like a you know here's you're you're the champion, you're the best junior, so you're going to represent the junior in this the juniors in this tournament. Um, that does mean you're going to be losing more than you're winning, though. Let's I do want that to be clear. I don't care about that. I mean, as long as yeah. you're putting on great matches. That's what people remember. Like no one remembers or cares what Osprey's record was in the G1 last year. Everyone remembers the terrific matches that he had and the fact that he beat Tanahashi at Budokan Hall. No one's thinking, "Oh well, he only got eight points, or whatever." Like who Good fucking point. cares? Good point. All right, then put, fucking put him in then. Put him in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Loose fart cloud explosion says, "When what? should I expect New Japan to come to the city of Sin, or is that in the plans for their West Coast trips?" Um. Harold, is that Las Vegas? Is Harold, that what this yeah. sin is? Harold, plug your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Put your fingers in your ears for like 15 seconds. Uh, you too, Craven. Um, we have heard that Vegas is a possibility, right? It's the right? most wonderful time. <laughs> right? Listen, there's lots to do in Vegas, right? There's shows. Uh, lots of people have uh, uh, shows in Vegas, right? Why not a pro wrestling company, right? 
You can see Elton John at various times in your life. Uh, Celine Dion, if that tickles your fancy. Uh, the Beatles love, if you've ever seen that. That is nice. Uh, so why not a pro wrestling company? You know what? Why not? Um, so there you go. I will say this. How about this? I'll even go. I'll, I'll even do this for you guys. How about this? While we haven't heard of anything definite, there have been rumblings about uh, Las Vegas. So um, let's leave it at that. Mark says, what is the threshold for disappointment for MSG? Is anything less than a sellout a major disappointment? And do you guys think Wrestle Dynasty could be a one-off due to the G1 moving or a yearly show happening in the US every year? I'll tell you flat out. It's got to be a, a it, if it's not sold out, it's got to be a nice big meaty gate, right? We don't, the last thing we would want is a situation of, of Dallas. And again, I don't think that's happening, right? Um, I think they're two different markets and two different things. I think for me, I, I, I the, the, the first day of ticket sales really need to, to explode. And it would be nice if New Japan gave people ample opportunity to save some money and, and prepare for people to, you know, go because we know tickets are going to be expensive as fuck. So instead of saying, okay, in two days you need to come up with five hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or whatever it is, um, give us advance warning so that people can fucking scrape together their nickels and dimes to get these tickets. Uh, because if you just spring it on them, uh, might not, might be a little tough. So. Again, everything that you could do to help people pre-plan might be a good idea. Race Collector 420 says, when did they stop running the Cebu Dome and why? I don't know when the last time they ran it was. but They I ran mean, it with G1. It was a G1 2014, 15. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know the infrastructure. I don't know the the whys and, the, and all that. Um, I, I don't have an answer to that. Maybe that's a question um, we can ask, but I don't. I mean, they haven't run that at all since that show. So um, it's a little bit out of the ways. I will say that if I'm not mistaken. It is a little bit out of the ways, but um, yeah, I don't know. 1987 Cordell Mitch says, uh, pick two current young lines who you think will help carry the company into the future. It can be as heavyweight or junior heavyweight. Let's go Carl Fredericks and Yuya Uemura. Yep, those would be my two right out of the gate. Yep, perfect. Uh, Google Map says, with Hiromu as junior champ and drawing star, do you think the IWGP junior title will have the role that the IC title had before headlining B shows? Yes, I think it could very well be that. I see absolutely no reason why you can't have... Uh, big Hiromu title defenses, like like we said earlier, um, headlining shows like a, you know a Dontaku Night One or, or a, a Destruction in Beppu or whatever things like that. Is is Mally okay over there? Is, is the water breaking? What's going on over there? <laughs> her and her sister are in the next room having an extremely loud conversation. Um, uh, I just want to make sure her sister right. is slightly deaf. Ah. So they just they just shout at each other constantly. <laughs> oh, that has to be great for you, right? <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Uh, Cola Blue Three says after the tease early this year, would you like to see an AJ All Japan Noah versus New Japan crossover program to take us through the sweltering summer? 
uh, fans since 2017. So I'm curious to hear how the previous interpromotional angles worked out, like Wrestle Kingdom 1 and 2. Are they worth checking out, Damon? I just think with these things, the politics always gets in the way and you never get any satisfying conclusions. So I would say it's extremely unlikely for that kind of thing to happen. The only time they do cross over in recent memory are those sort of like big shows like the Baba Memorial Show where you have a clear uh, jobber in a, a multi-man tag match or a yeah. tag match who's there to take the pin. So you're not going to be getting a big, uh, you know, Naito versus Kento match. Right. And even those big, you know, I mean, it's a different time. Th- th- those two companies were, were struggling to stay afloat. One of them definitely was. And, you know, there was kind of like, a, I'm going to help you out to, to help stay afloat. So uh, different time. I, I can't see it being um, anything other than Joel just described. Violet Skipping says, uh, considering the allure of the January 4th date and the issue of people going back to work on the 6th, could you see a future double dome with a first night on the 3rd, which I understand is a bank holiday? Here's the weird thing. like we, there, There's been nothing officially announced for... I mean, we're all assuming we're just doing January 4th and we're done, but... Um, Nothing's been announced officially, right? I mean, I'm not wrong in that. So I guess anything is still on the table. Um, but again, we're, we're all under the assumption we're just doing one date on the 4th um, only because we haven't heard anything that would dispute that. Uh, yeah, that, that's been the strange thing this year. That last year at Wrestle Kingdom, we had that full announcement, all the international staff, you know, double dome, all, all of that jazz. But this year, it's been pretty quiet. So, uh, yeah, we haven't heard anything. Uh, likewise, <coughs> Daryl Sultana says, "When do we anticipate an on-sale date for MSG? Any chance of getting an exclusive pre-sale code for the loyal Jcast listeners? Again, nothing. I have no idea when those tickets are going on sale. Have you heard anything? No, no, I've I have not heard anything. But again, you would assume the way concerts. And, and big events work. I mean, you can buy tickets for shit in December, you know, at this point. Um, so I would think any, honestly, I would think March would, you would hear something, um, something definitive. I would, I, I, March, I would say. And again, I don't, we don't have any information of when, but I would guess March. Question from uh, John, who says, I know it's not wrestling related, but how do I find Damon's Flyers podcast? Do you have a Flyers podcast? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I did the the official. So that's funny that that should be mentioned because, um, yeah, it was called Flyercast. Um, and it was the official podcast of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I looked online recently, and literally there is nothing there. Like, if you Google Flyercast, Official podcast, but any comment, you know, it, it, like it's like it never existed, which makes me look like I could jerk off, but it, it really was a thing. Um, like I have old files somewhere, I'm sure, that of what I did, but yeah, yeah, it was like, like when podcasts first became a thing, um, yeah, I did it for the team, um, and I did it for like two seasons and it was like a 2007 whenever peter forsberg had all his fucking foot issues and the flyers sucked um yeah but i can't find like you would think there would be something like it literally feels like joel that they wiped it from it it had to really suck (laughs) they they must have really hated it because there's it's nowhere to be found like i can't find old links i can't find nothing i can't find nothing on it um but maybe i'll play like a clip one day i'll give it to dan so he can just like give you guys a little taste of it 
Um, I mean, it was just a fucking thing, you know, whatever. But yeah, I can't find anything on it. It was called, but it was called Flyercast, the official podcast of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, but good luck fucking finding it because I can't find it anywhere. That is bizarre. I kind of want to seek this out now to see what what you did or said that made them erase it from history. Joel, go Google it right now. I mean, I can't find anything about it. Um, like, like it, like sometimes it'll take it like a, to an old web page where there was like a link to it, but th- those links are dead. Um, and here's the thing: not many people probably listened to podcasts back then. Like, it, you know, it was really like in the beginning of podcasts. Um, where you were like using like that Libsyn service or whatever the fuck it was, or, um, yeah, what I like, yeah, but I can't, I can't find old links. I can't. It's literally erased from the history of, of the internet. Um, it must have been horrible. <laughs> they, they, they paid me to do it. Um, so I don't know. I can't find it though. Well, let us know if you find it, listeners. Let's make that into a, a competition. If you can yeah, find it, if you can find podcast, it, <laughs> let us yeah. know. Uh, okay, that'll do it then. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to give us some money, um, our Discord link is in the show notes. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super j cast. Get one of our t shirts. Thank you, as always, to editor Dan. Uh, no, he wants us to plug his pr- uh, personal Twitter, doesn't he? Oh, which is. Uh, is it Lousy Hero 219? Let me double check that. Lousy Hero 219. I don't want to get it incorrect. Personal? The, the, why does he want the personal uh, Twitter account? Because he said he's got a big ego. Oh. Is that <laughs> I, I think I'm right. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. That's true. Feel free to I delete mean... this. But uh, you can follow him at Lousy Hero 219. So that's Lousy L O U Z Y. So there you go. Uh, that's Editor Dan. Uh, to subscribe to Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network for other shows, uh, check out. David's upcoming appearance on Wrestling on Marcos A. Pick up a five snake review on iTunes. It really helps us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs>